0: Right. got everything, lunches it, everything's hot, oil's hot, you got everything ready. Yes, you sir. Are, a <laughs> you <laughs> are a superstar. You are a superstar. Thank you, sir. Oh, and how'd you get that crowd? You got a huge crowd outside? How'd I get the crowd? I just
1: came back from shop and there
2: was this long line. I thought it was a mistake. I tweeted it.
0: You what? What'd
2: you do? I tweeted the picture on your account, then geotagged it. Look. Wait a minute, you did You did what? Did geo? I tagged it so they could mark us on their maps. Look, look at those pictures. How'd you get you, those pictures from here?
0: Mm-hmm. How'd you get those pictures from here? When I was going to Cafe Du Monde. And you put it online? Mm-hmm. You're a genius, kid. You, you're the reason everybody's here, you know that. Hey, you're my new head of marketing. Thank you. All right, so uh, I'm gonna hit the chalkboard. You walk them right, through the prep on the po' boys and get the plancha going? Yes, chef, yes, chef, hefecito. Yes. You got butter the plancha, son, all
1: right? I got this, Percy, look. Woo! Yes, sir.
0: Thank you very much. And that will be down there. Another beignet coming up. Hang on a second. Number seven. There you go. Two more. Hey, bottle coming off. Hang on one second. He's my kid. He's just learning. You see all that Twitter? Push it back. my kid. He did all that. Two more Another po' boy coming off coming the shrimp. All right. It's worth the wait. I promise.
3: Well, hello, 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 and welcome to the Film Effect podcast, where we take all things film to the full effect. This is Ed. Joining me this week is a familiar voice who also joined us for our popular Shawshank episode last month. I'm sure he's got some delicious stories to share today. Kids and heroes, let's welcome back my sous chef for the next couple of hours, Mr. Paul Yashua. Hi, well, hello again, everybody. So, brother? How you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. I can't complain. I'm excited for this episode. I love this movie so much, and uh, I, I know you're a fan too. So, so I'm having you on here, and I'm happy to have you. So, yeah, all it's right. a movie. I, I,
4: not many people talk about. So, I'm I'm excited for this one.
3: Exactly. Same here. So, uh, so here's the skinny. Whether this is your first time or fiftieth time listening, I sincerely hope all is well with everyone. But if it's your first time with us, and you happen to be a fellow cinephile or just a casual fan of film in general then you've absolutely come to the right place. We do deep dives and touch lives each and every week, focusing on a particular film each episode in an effort to give it the full film effect treatment. But before we fire up the grills and start our prep, I wanted to let you guys know that our ever-growing collection of previous episodes can be found on our website at podpage.com the dash film dash effect dash podcast, as well as all major platforms, direct link in the episode notes. Speaking of platforms, you can help the show tremendously by using Apple Podcasts or wherever possible, uh, or wherever possible to leave a five-star rating and review and, and positive review. It helps us attract new listeners by recommending us based on said reviews, the algorithm folks. It can be your BFFF or your WMFE. You can find us all over the internet, outside of our website, first on Facebook and Instagram, under the Film Effect Podcast, then on Twitter film effect pod and finally for those of you who still cherish sending out old-fashioned emails we can be reached at the film effect podcast at gmail.com so paul man i was just thinking uh while i was doing prep for the episode you know i i I can't help it you know i i constantly at at my age just always look back at stuff and like our blockbuster days man i cannot uh, another day goes by i don't think about that place and you know, that's where I met you about twenty years ago. Like, do you miss Blockbuster?
4: I do. Uh, the job was not one of my favorites, um, <clears throat> but I I loved the the staff. I love going there on uh, weekend night and, and browsing and uh, looking through the uh, old movies. Um, I, I miss that more than just clicking and. And scrolling
3: yeah i didn't mean i didn't necessarily mean all the bullshit you know putting up with dan miller and crap i just mean like <laughs> just the experience you know just oh, being 100%. there just the idea of a video store in general you know um yeah i do
4: and I, I i so from my understanding there's one left in like oregon
3: that's an airbnb or something yeah 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 uh we talked about it briefly uh a couple uh, a couple months back and i uh, incorrectly swore that it was in Pro uh, Provo, Utah. I believe I swore it was that episode. Yeah, I was wrong. I went back after we recorded and checked it out. It's definitely not in Utah. That one closed up. It was one of the last ones that was in Utah that I was thinking of. But the last one is uh, correct what you were talking about with the Airbnb. Um, and, and yeah, it's just it's crazy because I think I want to say the one that we worked at together closed up. Back in 2008 or 2009 It was one of the first ones to my knowledge wow. It's sad I, I think Dundalk lasted a whole year More than Perry Hall did So nice. uh, I don't know I, um, If I ask you What your favorite stories are I, 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 I can almost guarantee you You're probably going to refer to one Involving Sean Riley <laughs> <laughs> Yes at the diner <laughs> it's yeah. the best story dude so yeah. for the listeners like you, yeah dude uh, you and I can tag team this one because it, it, it starts with an inventory so for those of you uh, Blockbuster did inventory once a month I know a lot of a companies nightmare. do it once a year it was once a month at Blockbuster exactly nightmare and this guy Sean Riley worked with us and like there was an inventory one night I wasn't there for it but I've heard the story from dozens of people who were there Uh they did inventory and then afterwards they went over to this local diner like a 24-hour diner and it's like keep in mind guys it's like five six o'clock in the morning take it away paul what happened afterwards when they got to that diner yeah so and um the manager at the time was was buying
4: first of all so you know we're and there's maybe like six of us so you know we're all like yeah i'll take the burger i'll take the chicken sandwich you know uh, something light not trying to break the guy and then uh, gets the old Sean Ryan. He says, um, yeah, I'll take the uh, stuffed rainbow trout and uh, <laughs> orders the only thing on the menu that's above $12 and it was like 30 bucks. And He's eating that at five 5 in the morning.
3: <laughs> hey, Mo Trout. Yeah, he's just sitting there. It's like everyone's ordering exactly burgers, chicken it's fries. Stuff with crab meat. Fucking eggs and bacon. The traditional things you'd order from a 24-hour diner at that point of the morning or evening, whichever perspective you want to have. And Sean's like... 6am rainbow trout Not a bad idea <laughs> I mean the
4: look on Dan Miller's face just dropped like
3: oh god uh, I just
4: had my third kid man uh, why are you in the <laughs> 35 Tyler entree? right
3: right right yeah that guy uh and he actually he was obsessed with San Antonio Texas for the for whatever reason he just loved the Alamo I guess and uh and he hated I mean, liberals hated liberals i know, so I know I san know. antonio was just
4: conservative enough for him i think was was a main a main point for him
3: well he ended up having a happy ending to his story because that's now where he resides him and his brother justin down in san antonio doing their thing so sean riley if you're listening i doubt you are but what's going on brother <laughs> <laughs> and uh i i can
4: say i'm uh sorry I, I counted you out man i never thought you'd make it there but uh you certainly proved me wrong.
3: I think you proved all of us wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, re- remember that house party that you had that one time where I used the beer pong table as a surfboard and felt like yes. that the next morning? I don't yes. know why I always think about that at night and shit. It's just the most random thing. Like, I, it, you got a fact, lot of people I there. Think I have? I got a scanner years and years ago, and I
4: scanned a lot of my old. Polaroids, uh which i had a lot of those from that night and i think you're in one of them giving like a karate chop on my facebook it's in like an old folder but um i'll try to find it but i think you're giving like a karate chop in one of them um
3: Um, it's it's on your facebook you said because i will will hunt that picture down
4: i think (laughs) it's under a folder called uh way back when aka i just got a scam yes so yeah yeah
3: after, we, yeah, after that this recording i know what i'm doing hell yeah <laughs> yeah dude like just i know you and i go way back and that house party and then um the whaler show at the wrecker that be we oh, yeah. That was a fun time just i don't know I, I i i get nostalgic and reminisce of the past sometimes and i don't know i, I figured that's so we talk about for a little bit you and i it's we have shit in common so other than that um yeah, like we talked about before we started recording, football is back. Yesterday, That's before it. you know, I know this is gonna be uh, this episode drops a week out from recording, but you know this we're recording on Monday. The what's today? The thirteenth. Yeah, Monday the thirteenth, and uh, yesterday was uh, officially the first football Sunday of the year. And uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. So fun times. I know you and I both have various, various fantasy football leagues going on. So I know one of mine is regarding a bunch of podcasts that uh, we bring up often on the show. And uh, speaking of, let's go to shout outs. Shout out to his family. All right. So here's to all the usual suspects. Each podcast I'm about to mention deserves your attention after you're uh, all caught up over here. They each deserve the recognition they're about to receive for their own unique ways. Some of them just for being quality shows that I enjoy checking out on a weekly basis. That being said, here's this week's film effect shout outs. So at the top, first as always, best film ever. Next up, we got your next favorite movie. Uh, I know I have an episode coming out. Uh, I think it's the first week of October. I recorded one last month with Josh. And I believe he recorded one with Sean the other day. That's going to be dropping later in one of the month. Spoiler alert, mine's on Return of the Living Dead, and Sean's is on the 1986 Running Scared, a film that he talks about on here quite often. So um, shout out to the and nerds, Thiefs, Monthly Movie Loot, Backlook Cinema, Film Floggers. It Goes Down in the PM, Verbal Diorama, Halloweenies, Saturday Night Freak Show, and finally, last but certainly not least, Spy Hards. All right. We're currently charting in Thailand and the U.S. We are currently number 78 in Japan and number 6 in Romania. I could not believe when I read that yesterday. I checked the numbers and I was like, holy shit, Romania listens to the show and we're number 6? That's awesome. Uh, Um,
4: Throw more Romanian content on here, I guess.
3: Yeah, I know, right? Exactly. (laughs) Uh, No new regions this week. That's okay, though. Let's get the current events. So, Paul, where are you on the James Bond franchise? You know, I've kind of abandoned it. Um, I can't. I haven't
4: watched the last couple, honestly. Um, Yeah, I'm kind of kind (laughs) of
3: soured on it. You know, personally, I stopped after I think the last one that I saw theatrically was Pierce Brosnan's the world is not enough back in, I think that came out in the late 90s, 99, I think, or something like that. I went with a bunch of friends back in high school. Um, then there was like just a six, seven year drought without James Bond or whatever it was, maybe it might have been shorter than that. But then Daniel Craig came a little uh into the mix, and honestly, uh, I was just burned out and I just did yeah. not care. And I, I, I admittedly, I've only seen one. Daniel Craig, James Bond film. And it was the last one that he did. Um, uh, I think I saw
4: the first one he did. And I, and I was like, they're all so similar. I, you know, I can better, better use of my time elsewhere. I mean,
3: I hear great things about like, uh, I think uh, uh, Skyfall is one of them that gets a lot of praise. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, la- the only one that I've seen of Daniel Craig was the last one, Spectre. And the only reason I saw that is because I got—I um, went to an advanced screening uh, at the IMAX theater here in White Marsh uh, a couple weeks before it came out to the public. Back in Christ, I think that was 2015. It's been that long. But the reason I bring this up—believe <clears throat> me, it's not random—it's because uh, it was announced this past week that the upcoming uh, Bond flick, No Time to Die, is clocking in. At hundred and sixty-three minutes, making it the longest James Bond film ever. Oh wow! That's that's almost three hours. I don't know if I can sit through an almost three-hour James Bond film. I don't, I don't. I don't know if I love spy films in general. Sorry, spy hards. I don't think I love spy spy films enough to sit through a three-hour one. I I don't know. That's just me personally. I'm. I, I know this is supposed to be the last one. Go big or go home. They always say. I, the last one know. with Daniel
4: Craig or the last one, period.
3: Well, this is supposed to be the last one with Daniel Craig. Now I'm also yeah, hearing e- rumors that it might be the last one, period, because it's, they're supposed to be doing a, a female James Bond after this one. Okay. Supposedly. Supposedly. So we'll see how far that goes. But that's been rumored for the last couple of years. What, uh, what were you saying though?
4: I thought I heard Idris Alba was gonna was in the
3: running, or maybe maybe his name was just thrown around, but there definitely was because um, they were looking at an African-American um, person to play him or a, a colored person to play him. I know uh, Idris Elba is British. Um, yeah. And it makes sense. That would make sense. Um, I personally, you know, I love Stringer Bell. So, of course, I'm going to lobby for him to play the role. Um, you know, yeah. let's, let's mix it up a little bit. You know, hell yeah. Let's have a black James Bond. I'm for it. You know, even yeah, he's for, a
4: smooth motherfucker, too. So he,
3: he, he really he, is. He could, he could pull that off. Yeah. Did you watch the Suicide Squad? No,
4: not yet. Um, okay. It's on yeah, HBO, he, though, right?
3: It was. They're only I, on there for 30 days and they go off for a little while. I think it comes back in a couple months. But oh, shit, I missed it. OK, yeah, you just yeah, missed meant to watch it.
5: it.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's good, though. I actually that was one of the rare films I watched on HBO. And then I actually went to the theater to see it again. Um, oh no shit yeah good stuff Idris was just really good in that movie so
5: right.
3: um yeah that's enough about Bond Weekly Recommends what would you get for a six year old boy who chronically wets his bed you want to go first you got a recommendation for the week yeah I do so um I was
4: trying to find like I knew I had Chef and uh the days are long gone before you can just look at your DVD collection so I'm sc- sc- scrolling through and I'm like what where'd I have this Apple or, you know it wasn't on Netflix but, you know, and, um, so I'm going through my Apple, uh, TV account and I came across, uh, the death of Stalin, which I had, uh, seen in the, at the Charles and then yeah, it came that out a few years ago. Oh my God. It's so good. Um, started to Charles. So I I bought it on Apple and I've watched it a couple other t- and I watched it, uh, since then I, that movie is so good and I don't know if it's, it's really out there as, uh, a movie that gets talked about a lot but uh the cast is amazing it's a really really funny dark comedy um and i yeah, I'd it's, recommend it's, it.
3: it's got uh steve buscemi i think's in that movie yeah and jeff tremper is that his name uh the guy from uh
4: uh shit the gary shandling show and oh, um, jeffrey
3: tambor jeffrey Tamber. Tambor, yes
4: yes yeah he's in it um cast is fantastic it's hilarious you know um the, the power struggle, you know, that ensues immediately after he dies is just—it's great. Uh, um,
3: yeah, I, I remember uh, a few years ago or something. It might have been three or four years ago. Um, it came out, and that's—I, I, it was one of them films that I wanted to see when I first heard about it, and uh, I, I didn't get around to seeing it, and unfortunately, it kind of like slipped between the cracks and fell. Yeah, it doesn't get where where up, So yeah, so yeah, that's the whole point of doing this every episode. Oh, Ed, you now that now no, I'm gonna, I'm, because you recommended it, I'm definitely gonna be checking it out. So thanks for uh, reminding me of that movie. Man, four years too late, or four years later, but whatever, it's all good. Better hey. late than never. Um, so I'm going with a new one. Uh, in fact, a brand new one, the one that came out. We were just talking about HBO films, um, uh, *Malignant*, that just came out from director James Wan from *Saw*. Uh, it was released last Friday, um, or the 10th it depends on when this episode drops uh it it opened up this previous weekend to only five and a half million really sad Uh, i was hoping for more people to see it hopefully that low number is because people chose to stay home and watch it as opposed to going to the theater i just hope people saw it um because it's it's really different i know the trailers were really bleak and made it look like it was some sort of new ghost tale from the director of the conjuring and james and and and, uh uh, uh, saw it's totally different and i'm not going to spoil anything obviously but the, the the last act of this film has like heavy twist that really like just paints a picture for the film and it, it, it's it's really good stuff uh it, it features this this tributes and homages to things like uh the film basket case basically any giallo flick from the 70s and 80s italian cinema uh Stephen king's the dark calf and there's even uh nightmare on um street twist or not twist uh, a nightmare on um street um reference or or homage if you want to call it uh at the end of the film that i found uh pretty clever Uh, So, yeah, uh, Malignant, you can watch it currently on HBO or it's in the theaters. Obviously, I'm going to ask you to go support the film and see it in the theaters, or if you can just support it by watching it. Guys, do yourself a favor and check it out and watch the entire movie, because by the end, I promise you, it will all make sense. Um, And while I'm talking about it real quick, I'm going to sit here on the air and announce it as a last-minute addition to next month's horror so this is i i was so taken back by this film that i'm just going to go ahead and say we're covering it next month full episode for the horror it's october we're doing it so get ready for that one guys um so yeah other than that you ready to That's uh, awesome.
4: Cause I, first day off in a while and uh there's nothing more i want to do tomorrow than sit in a dark theater and eat some popcorn so that that might be the one i i check out tomorrow
3: Dad, do it, dude. I'm actually going to go see it later on tonight. So, oh no. um, okay. hell yeah. All right. I would rather have you sit on my face after a brisk walk on a warm day than suffer through that fucking lava cake again. This is Chef. <laughs> <laughs> this is
0: madness, huh? It's <laughs> carne asada. Check it out. Wow,
6: Chef Big Dog up all night cooking. Shut up and taste
7: this, um, amuse douche. Come here, Look at that. You like it? Yeah. yeah. We're gonna cook like this. We're being reviewed by the most important critic in the city. Now, suddenly, you're gonna be an artist. Well, be an artist on your own time. It's my restaurant. Are so you threatening to fire me now? I'm telling you what I'm prepared to do if you don't cook my menu.
0: It's up, it's up, the reviews out. His dramatic weight gain can only be explained by the fact that he must be eating all the food sent back to the kitchen. You don't like what they wrote about you. I don't like it either. Who cares? I do, because I could have done better. I should have cooked food that I was gonna cook. Hey, 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 what are you doing? Don't do it. What are you you writing? Chef, don't, that's not a good idea. Uh, Just listen. I won't send it until we all say it's okay. Why don't you come by again tonight? I got a whole new menu just for you. No, no, no.
7: That's not good. Give me the phone. Give me the phone. Don't do it.
5: That's out there now, this bro.
7: happens.
4: Why would you do you that? You
7: can't take
0: that back.
2: Mm. Dad, did you post anything since last night?
0: You gotta be kidding me. Wow. You realize how many people have read this? You're trending, bro.
6: You're never going to be happy cooking for someone else.
8: Food truck's a great idea. We're talking about a white-on-white 88 Chevy Grumman food truck. It's a blank canvas for your dreams. I'm gonna have him pull it around. Thank you. Don't thank me till you see
7: it. So what are you gonna
8: do? You're
1: gonna laugh. Tony, Carl's got a taco truck. For real? (laughs) I was so jealous. When I heard your voice, I was like, that's what I want to do.
0: I get to touch people's lives with what I do, and I love it. And I want to share this with you. You
2: ever try andouille sausage? No. It's spicy. You like spicy? No. It's not so spicy. Come on. All
3: right. In Chef, a head chef, quits his restaurant job and buys a food truck in an effort to reclaim his creative promise while piecing together his estranged family. All right. It's your first time, Ewing's?
1: Uh, it's, it's just that. You see, this is actually uh, my, my first time. No, no, I'm my for it's my first time uh, since my first time, so technically that's my second time, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to suck at it. So if I'm not up to uh,
3: for me personally, I rented Chef uh, right after it came out on demand. Uh, it was probably late summer of 2014 when the film came out. I I saw it, it was around my birthday, around my 30th birthday. I remember that, and I just you know it wasn't either it wasn't playing around here because i know this film got like a a softer release than most movies do um yeah and i I can't remember why i didn't see it in theaters because it was a film that i definitely wanted to see um it it definitely piqued my interest when i saw the first trailers for it and even did some you know uh reading about the film and and stuff when it came out but yeah I, i finally got around to it um watching it on demand and um i gotta say i've been a big big fan of this film since so when did you see this yeah so i saw in the theater i think
4: i had to go to the charles or the senator i can't remember which to see i I don't think that that would make sense yeah i don't think it was at regal or amc around here um because i think yeah it took a while to even get to maryland and i think only then i think it was probably the charles i went to see it at Um, so i always you know being in this business so long i always loved the uh the foodie movies and the restaurant movies so um i always make a point and uh, you know i wanted to do a food truck for a while so i was like i have got to see this so i think i'm pretty sure it was the charles and i've seen it probably six or seven times since then um yeah
3: because it's just a really
4: enjoyable film so
3: it, it, it is, and there's just um, there's a lot of things I want to talk about. I don't want to quite bring it up just yet, but yeah, that, that go. That ties in you know this and, and, and just reasons why it's just so good and rewatchable. Um, all right, so before we break it down, let's get the live top five.:
8: Rob, it's your turn. Okay, I'm feeling kind of basic today. Top five side ones, track ones. Janie Jones, Clash, from The Clash. Let's get it on, Marvin Gaye from Let's Get It On. Nirvana, smells like teen spirit off of Nevermind. Oh no, Rob, that's not obvious enough, not at all. How about uh, Point of No Return on Point of No Return? Lewis, so you can uh, get up a... (laughs) Shut up, shut up. (laughs) White Light, White Heat, Velvet Underground. Okay, that would be on my list. Though not on mine. Massive Attack, No Protection. The song is
3: Radiation Ruling the Nation. All right, so for this one, I asked... uh, for top five passion projects, since this was uh one of John Faber's passion projects for a while. Um uh, we'll, we'll do the round robin away. I'll kick it off with my number five, and that is Francis Ford Coppola's Apocalypse Now.
4: Okay. It's a pretty good one
3: there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I filmed um, it I just saw for the first time recently. Oh, no shit, really. I actually it's a funny story behind that. Um a uh, frequent guest on the show, Justin Boyd, uh, for my birthday two years ago, I want to say it was. Yeah, it was two years ago. Um, they had a special engagement because the film was coming out on 4K, and so they took the and it was the final cut. It was a new version of the film called the Final Cut, and they took the final cut version in 4K, and they played it on the um, at the IMAX at the AMC theater down in um uh columbia at, at the columbia mall and he took me for my birthday to go see it From he he knew that i hadn't seen it before but i wanted to it's one of those films that just never got around to it and uh yeah justin took me for my birthday to uh to check it out and uh hell yeah big fan of that movie big fan so that's my yeah, five. Probably like, oh
4: I've, I've heard that before i've heard that before I've heard oh, that.
3: Yeah, I was. Oh, it definitely was. Like the whole film, I was like, I know I've heard or referenced all this shit. It's just crazy. Finally, seeing it for the first time, like being 35 years old. But, like I said before, better late than never at all.
4: Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. So my number five is uh, Moneyball, um, a movie that they didn't the, the they didn't want to make because they just didn't think it could make any money at all. didn't think anyone would pay to see a movie about baseball analytics Mm
3: -hmm, right um and it turned out to be one of the best films of 2011 oh so
4: good yeah yeah so good um so when i was trying to look up passion project movies um you know the rockies and stuff came up um but then i started thinking about it and i looked up i'm like i mentioned money but i said i can't imagine them wanting to make that movie i looked it up and they're like yeah it took uh it met a lot of resistance, but finally got mm-hmm. made. And, uh,
3: it's a, uh, it's a really good one. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people would agree on that one too. Um, my number four is gangs of New York from Martin Scorsese. Yeah.
4: I mean, what can you say about that one? It's yeah,
3: it's just, it's a film that I remember, you know, when it was in production with, uh, Leo and he finally got, um, Daniel day Lewis for another film. And they, uh, this was just a film that I knew Marty wanted to do for the longest time and uh, finally got around to it and it turned out to be a great film. I know it, you know, catches shit for reasons unknown from uh, other people. Um, it's not the most loved Scorsese film personally. Um, it's one of, m-
4: one of my favorites. Uh, same, of
3: his- same here. Bill, the butcher is just a venomous, venomous villain. And um even Cameron Diaz with her Irish accent isn't that bad. A lot of people scoff at her performance in that one. It's okay. It's not bad, though. Um, I think Leo and Daniel Day-Lewis just tear the roof down, though. So how about you, number four? Uh, so I got to go uh,
4: One of my favorite movies um, of the last, I want to say, five years Um Feel good movie, uh, Peanut Butter Falcon. Um, mm. Not many people have seen it,
3: um, but just with such the, a good Sh- movie. Um, Shia, LaBeouf, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen it? Unfortunately, no. I wanted to get around. I wanted to do a double feature with that and um, Honey Boy that he did. Uh, two films he did kind of together at around the same time.
4: Yeah, I'm um, not familiar with Honey Boy, but uh, Peanut Butter Falcon is a, a really good one. It's uh, again, it's just a feel good movie. It, it, it's really funny. <gasps> um, wanted to do a movie about wrestling, he incorporated a lot of wrestling into it. Um, mm-hmm. it's just a quirky film, um, great ending. Uh, yeah, I recommend people check that out too. Uh, Very good, one of my favorite reasons.
3: Cool. All right, my number three is Boyhood from Richard Linklater. <laughs> you ever seen Never Boyhood? Seen it. Yeah, it took like it took, uh, 12 years to film. Wow. They, started, they started it in 2001, and they wrapped in 2013. Um, Ethan Hall, Patricia Arquette, um, Elter Coltrane, or Coltrane, was the actor who plays the boy. And literally, they filmed for like two to three weeks, you know, once a year for 13 years or 12 years, whatever. And, um, you know, it's funny because people... I've, I've talked to people who straight up think it's crap, think it was just a wasted project because the they had issues with the dialogue and, and decisions that were made. But the fact that anything that took this long, and it, I think the fact that it was finished and, and was released as planned for all this time is an achievement in its own. And I think it deserves recognition for that. Um, is it, you know... It, an award-winning screenplay uh, no and i'm not going to expect the film of that caliber to be because you can can you imagine having a film that's sitting on it making it for 12 13 years of course you're going to rewrite things of course you're going to think things that you written that you wrote in 2001 sounds terrible in 2008 you know it's you're not going to have sure. a consistent project if you're for that long um but again this the fact that it got made and completed and Patricia Arquette won the academy award for best supporting actress and it's just it, that's a win to me and it's one of the best films uh, uh, it's a toss it's a toss between this and boyhood chef and boyhood being my two favorites uh, of of 2014 and honestly so yeah i
4: got to watch I, I, that was another one i meant to and i just haven't thought
3: about it I'll yeah put that else? on my yeah, list for sure yeah definitely it's well worth it how about you? It was number three. So this one uh, is kind of borderline on passion
4: project, but uh, again, looking up, this is something that the, um, especially with no uh, clear cut ending to it. Um, the the studio really didn't want to make until they got great casting. Uh, Zodiac um, is one of my, f- God, I love that movie so much. I, I've seen it quite a few times. Um I was going back and forth on whether or not it's technically considered a passion project, but, uh, it was something they were really interested in. And, um, it, it, again, did not, the studios did not want to make it. They so, said, you know, you know, you don't even know who he is. Spoiler alert. Zodiac right. was never found. Um, but they're, yeah. How are you going to make a movie about this? And, um, but again, they got the right people in there. Um, and they were finally like, okay, green lighted it and came out really, really, really good. So
3: I feel like every David Fincher film is a passion project cuz that yeah. man doesn't really like put out films like every couple years. He 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 takes his time in between projects and releases, you know. He'll put out a film once every 4 or 5 years. It won't be a yearly thing. It won't even be an every other year thing. That's just a man who's patient, takes his time, you know. Not all of his films are winners, but the, the the point is, you know, he he, he everyone's kind of treated every film of his is is, is kind of treated like a passion project, just based on just his patience with the with the filmmaking and everything that involves that goes into making it, you know, behind the scenes. Yeah. So
4: that's a hard movie to do, too. I mean, that's a really yeah. hard movie to do, but he, he executed.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, my number two is this movie, Chef, and. <laughs> We will be talking about it for the next hour or two, and that's my reasoning. So how about you? <laughs> uh, mine is, is Chef as
4: well. That's,
3: uh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. Well, that being said, my number one is That Thing You Do from Tom Hanks. Yeah, that's yeah. a film that he he wanted to make for the longest time, and um, it's one of my favorite films of all time. Captain so, Sheck do.
4: from Edgewood.
3: Yes. Yes, he is, is that, from yeah. Edgewood. Yes, Mary Christina is.
4: Applegate, they lived in Todd Lakes right down the road here for uh for until they broke up. So
3: nice, yeah. nice.
4: Yeah.
3: yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't know they really lived that here.
4: Yeah, they lived uh right off uh was that wheel road, yeah. Todd Lakes back there. Huge that, huge, makes, that makes sense.
3: That makes sense.
4: Okay. She um when I worked I at the Starbucks that. in Bel Air. Christina Applegate came in one day, sat outside, smoked a cigarette, you know, talked everyone just brought up. Kelly Bundy, but um, yeah, I was like, "What the what the, what the fuck is she doing here?" And I'm uh, like, "Yeah, she married Jonathan Sheck. I said, "Who the fuck's Jonathan Schek?" So not a lead uh, singer from that that thing you do. I said, "Oh, okay, yeah, he's from Edgewood, so they moved here." Um, yeah, and, like I said, until they broke up, so that was cool.
3: If for the listeners, Edgewood is a little quiet town about ten miles north of. It's pretty much he's a local boy. Is what we're getting at. Yeah. He's from around he's from around our neck of the woods yes i don't know Which,
8: what
4: what what else was he in do do you know was he in, in, in anything of significance other than that
3: yeah um he was in um there was a film that was uh, a genre film that was that was made over in the on the um eastern shore in Annapolis called laid the rest that he was in about ten years ago but mainstream wise um he, before that thing you do, he was in a film called The Doom Generation um, from uh, filmmaker uh, Greg Araki, uh, called director. Uh, he was also that same year in How to Make an American Quilt with uh, Winona Ryder. After that thing you do, he was in a movie called Hush with Gwyneth Paltrow and um, what's her face from uh, the American horror story, uh, Jessica Lang. Yeah. Um Quiet projects here and there, nothing like uh, huge. Uh, I'm willing to bet he met his wife on the set of the sweetest thing that he did in 2002 with uh, Cameron Diaz and. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, I remember that. Yeah, Selma Blair. Yep. Okay. And then I remember before about 20 years ago, he was in this uh, horror film called The Forsaken that was uh that came out in theaters and was quite released. Um. Let's see. Recently, he was in uh the film uh, horror movie Quarantine that came out back in two thousand eight. Also, the Prom Night remake. He was the killer, um and now he just does kind of like low budget horror um, action films here and there. So,
4: yeah, gotcha. that's all.
3: Gotcha. Cool. I, all I right, would so say he he peaked at that thing you do more or less.
4: Yeah, yeah. All downhill from there. Sorry, John. Yeah. Uh, all right, my uh, number one is uh, Man Bites Dog, um, foreign film, uh, Belgium film, uh, okay. a mockumentary about a, a serial killer uh, that kind of portrays our um, how far we're willing to go to be entertained. Uh, it's a kind of reflection on media. Um, blown away by this movie the first time I saw it. Uh, again it met with a lot of resistance just because the like the opening scene is um uh this guy dumping a body in the water and he's talking about the difference between weighing down um a midget and a dwarf and how their bodies are different and the different weighting you need to conceal the body you know with this shitting grin on his face um like just how proud he is of (laughs) talking about it um uh yeah i love that movie it's it's disturbing but um uh it's it's great and it was something they they you know, put a lot of time into so nice. that's my number one.
3: yeah what what's it called one more time
4: uh man bites dog man bites dog all right uh make, it's, it, it's, make it a mental note yeah it's it, it's good it's uh it's fucked but it's really good
3: Man, fuck doesn't necessarily mean it's always bad, you know? Oh, it's good. (laughs) Very good. All right. So the film opens with Chef Carl Jasper, played by John Favreau. He's entering the kitchen early and preparing a special menu for food critic Ramsey Michelle, played by Albert Platt. Um, he's prepping a pig that he was able to get for the meal, and then realizes it's ten a.m. and has to pick up his son. So on the way, his car on the way to his car, he wakes up Tony. Tony's played by uh, Bobby Cannavale. He's kind of like a bumbling drunk of the of the uh the chef crew. Instructs him, he's sleep, he's passed out sleeping in his car. He even has to ask him, he's like, are you drunk? He's like, nah, I'm good, chef. And he instructs him that uh, everything he needs to get done while he's gone. He says he's got the pig. Hey,
0: hey, hey, good chef. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, sure. Wake up, got a critic coming today. What do you think I slept here for, bro? Let's get going on the soup. We'll be high on the egg prep and let's get the meat on the steak. You still shit face?
7: No, I'm good. I'm good, shit. All
0: right. Help Martin with the pig. We got the pig.
3: This is a delicious meal that he's preparing for this, this uh food critic here. Um it, we see him really going on. Like this is just an example of Favreau and like every little detail into this movie like we see him you know doing all the prep work and, and everything like it's it's just it's it's kind of a mouth-watering introduction to the film you know um uh, something that plays off a lot in this movie you know where are you at on this so far so um yeah i, 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 I want to I hear a, a fellow chef's uh
4: take on this well first of all i i love the scene we walk up and bangs on the car and he wakes up and he's like, it was food critic today. And he's like, oh yeah. Yeah, no, that's why I slept here. It's like, yeah, yeah bullshit. Yeah. But but I've but I've seen that um I can't I can't tell you how many times. But oh yeah, no, that that's why I'm here. I'm like, yeah, okay, bullshit. Just just be ready to roll. Um yeah, I think so he uh trained with uh Roy Choi to to do this movie. Yes, uh, yes, he where did where he learned all that which spawned um who was a you know who is structure. who
3: is Roy Troyes, For those who don't know,
4: so he uh, he's from L.A. Um, a Korean Korean guy uh, was there throughout the riots. Um, had to defend his um, uh, Koreatown uh, basically on top of the roof with guns. Mm. Um, Damn, was yeah, was uh, always in the food. Um, but like so many other people, uh, just it's so much capital is needed to start a restaurant. A lot of people would do the, the food trucks or carts or whatever. Um, and he got into it in the early adaptation of social media. So as much as his food being badass, um, he also implemented social media to where he would got all these followers and he wouldn't let anyone know where he was going to be until half an hour before he tweeted out and everyone would form lines. And now he has like five trucks, uh, two or three restaurants. Um, But yeah, John, John learned, he knew who to go after to to learn and prepare for this movie. And I think he chose the right guy.
3: Yeah. So, okay. So you, you mentioned him, you know, tweeting out his location and everything. That's exactly what Carl will end up doing in this movie. So it sounds like a lot of the inspiration for the Carl Jasper character came from Roy himself. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Didn't know that. Yeah,
4: right. yeah,
3: awesome. And and he's uh, the
4: chef show. He's uh, tags along with John now. He's
3: uh, on Netflix. I, watch, I, I haven't seen it yet. I, I, I'm aware of it. I just um, admittedly haven't gotten around to sit down. I, I wish I had more time to watch shows like that. Yeah. But, oh, there's uh, so I, I, many. Of them I'm, there's... I'm gonna. I'm getting around to it. I'm definitely gonna be checking the chef show out. Um,
4: you can tell his passion. Talk about passion project. Watching that show, you can just see how passionate he is about cooking and, and being a, a chef. and uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, he,
3: he loves it. <laughs> That's so cool. All right. So Carl picks up his son, Percy. Uh, Percy's played by MJ Anthony. I'll more on him in a little bit. And immediately tells him that they can't go to the movies because he's being reviewed. Percy informs him that he's already, he already knows this because mom told him. And Carl tells him that, that, that his mom wants him to get a food truck, which Percy isn't against. Um, he takes Percy with him to the market to get ingredients for his menu. And then the two end up picking out on a bag of kettle corn that Carl initially didn't want to eat. We establish the father-son relationship between the two during this sequence. Uh, Percy is consistently trying to make plans with Carl, but Carl's so busy that he's making excuses, blowing off ideas, yada, yada, not realizing Percy's actually making attempts to, to bond and get involved with his actual busy work schedule um so that's something that I can uh elaborate on because it's you know I, I I have a daughter and I think uh in this film Percy what would you say Percy is he's like 12 11 12 years old did they even say how old he is in the movie yeah i I don't I don't think they did yeah I would guess about 12. okay so you know my daughter being you know 13 and all I can relate um and I get it he's a busy guy um but he's not too busy for his kid at time. Sometimes he lets his job get in the way, but um, all in all, Carl's a good dad. And he, he, he makes that effort. He's trying to balance two lives at once here. And um, I can totally relate. I know it's a struggle. Um, kids being kids don't, see it that way you know they think they, they take right. things personally um but it's 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 you know it's never that way it's it's always you're, you're trying to be superman you're trying to you know make everybody trying to appease you know multiple parties at once and sometimes it doesn't always work out so yeah i, I was just I, and i think that's one of the the hardest things about being
4: in the restaurant industry is a lot of times kids you know all the holidays all the all the times the nights, the weekends where other kids, you know, have off and they spend time with their parents. A lot of people in the restaurant industry, those are the times they have to be in the restaurant. And it, yep. um it can, it can cause a lot of strain. I mean, you know, kids don't understand. Kids just want you to be there for them. They, they don't understand that, you know, uh, New Year's Eve, I I have to be there. I, I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I know you're over here and everyone else with their parents, but, but this is, You know, for us to afford everything, I have to be there. And it's hard for them to understand. And I think he he starts to realize that they need to mend this relationship now before he has disdain for him, you know?
3: Yeah. Yep. So back at the restaurant, Carl returns and checks on his staff when uh, Reva, the owner of the restaurant, interrupts their meeting about Carl altering his menu. Hey,
7: Carl. Everybody's in the phone. phone? Carl. Are you, uh, are you planning on altering the menu? Yeah, I can't do this right now. Please, just... You know a lot is on the line today. I know. That's why the menu has to be
0: perfect. Yeah, but I can help you plan it. I can't do this right now. Just give me five minutes to get my staff going. I'll come and I'll
7: walk you through the menu. Carl, I've done this before. I can help guide you.
3: I
0: don't, I don't need guidance right now. I need space.
7: Okay? Thank you. Can we have a little privacy, uh, guys? Huh? I ask you to leave, you gotta look at Carl. Okay, everybody, don't to- take five. Saca todo el fuego, maricas. You good?
0: I got it. Go, go, go. Grab a coffee. Let's get something straight. Yeah. You don't fucking talk to my staff like that. I talk to my staff. That side of the passes you, this
7: side is me. That was the arrangement that we had when you hired me. Okay, now, will you listen to me for a minute? Carl, yeah. I get ideas. Sometimes uh-huh. my ideas work. I really don't care what magazine said that you're the next big thing. The fact is, you work for me in my restaurant, mm-hmm. right? I've had chefs before you in this kitchen. I'll have chefs after you, okay? All right, good talk. Let me get back to work. You know who's coming tonight? We're being reviewed by the most important critic in the city. Yes. You know that his I'm online aware. blog was sold to AOL for $10? $10 $10. That's right. Yes. You knew that? Yes, I know. Okay.
0: He's a big deal, and that's why I want to cook him a good menu. You want to give a, You want to cook him a yeah, good menu? Yeah, I want menu. to cook him some good food. Yeah, yeah. well then... And just... our place is in a fucking creative rut. In a rut. In a creative rut. You, you do know that we're doing better than any place in the neighborhood. I'm not talking about how much money we're making. I'm talking about creatively, the food that we're serving. It's the same food we've been serving for five years. You remember what happened when you put
7: guts on the menu? huh? Are you talking about my sweetbreads? Is that is that we mean by guts? Yeah. When you put that artsy shit on the menu, people don't like it. Not one person ordered your sweetbreads. Please listen to me. I sank a fortune into the remodel to get you the French uh, cookie top, whatever it is, that table top. French cooking suite. Right. Not every chef gets yes. that. No, you know I why appreciate you get it? Do it? You know that. why? No. Because you deserve no. it. So you don't know that, but I know it. You deserve it. So be smart, just for tonight. Look, if you bought Stone's tickets and Jagger didn't play satisfaction, how would you feel? Would you be happy? No. No! You'd burn the place to the fucking ground. Your menu works. People love it. Carl, do what you want tonight. Okay, you're the chef. You know what I think? I think you should play your hits.
3: So, Reva, this is one of, like, two or three scenes with Dustin Hoffman. Uh, I love the the, the the idea that Favreau bagged Hoffman for this movie. It's just great. Um, and the fact that he plays a character who's kind of type he's 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 against typecast like this is a character like again you only see him for a couple scenes it's like it's a glorified cameo if anything else dustin hoffman here but his his role um he's kind of like this movie doesn't have a traditional villain but if i were to say you know this movie you have to have one antagonist i would say that Definitely, uh, Riva here is, is the film's villain, the, the antagonist, um, because he's always in a way interrupting. Um, Riva makes an argument that it's his menu and it's always worked for his customers. However, Carl is trying to make a special menu for his critic, uh, because the food's always the same and he wants to make something different for him. He's a big deal, and I want to cook, is what he says. Um, let me see, uh, it, again, that's that passion playing off of Carl here. So yeah. he gets back. That, that's that
4: line you, you have to walk to in the business, you know, you become a chef to create, you know, to, to, to be an artist of sorts. And it's an art. Exactly. Being the restaurant owner, the margins are so thin. It's such a tough business that there's a lot of that push and pull always, you know, where it's like, I, I want to try this. It's like, no, we need to, we need to make sure the doors stay open. We know this works. There's always that struggle, you know?
3: So this, okay. So this is like a, a true, you know, uh, interpretation of, say, oh, a, a abs- head chef. A, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. I never really thought about that before, but okay, good, good, good. Um, so Carl gets back to his staff uh, for pre-shift and ends up announcing the same damn menu that they cook each night to everyone's satisfaction. At the end of the night, uh, we see Carl and his crew. They're celebrating their night at the bar when, uh, when Ramsey's review hits online on the phone. Carl pulls it up Begins reading it out loud, slowly realizing it's a negative review, calling him out for serving more of the same boring food that's unappealing to him, while also taking shots at cause weight. The it's review,
0: up. Here we go! To you, baby! To you! Here we go! Our culinary uh, hero to the team! <laughs> Now, was eager to please. <laughs> Ten years ago, I had the good fortune to dine at Chef Casper's revelatory Miami Bistro. Miami the,
5: house, Mero, baby. Mero.
0: the sheer oh, audacity nice. of this fresh, brave voice nice. of the culinary scene reminded me why I write about food as oh. a vocation. <laughs> a lot of pressure. It is nearly impossible to separate my glowing regard for Chef Casper and how much he inspired me from my expectations as I sat down to dine at the recently remodeled Brentwood Gallic staple Galois. <laughs> yeah,
3: this is good. But now times
0: have changed. Over the last decade, Carl Casper has somehow managed to transform himself from the edgiest chef in Miami to the needy aunt that gives you $5 every time you see her in hopes that you will like her, but instead causes you to shrink from her cloying embrace, which threatens to smother you in her saggy, moist cleavage. The signature app intended to impress the country club brunch crowd is the caviar egg, a shirt egg topped with a dollop of caviar as an excuse for the chef to overcharge us for his insecurity and lack of imagination. Carl Casper can best be summed up by the first bite of his needy and yet by some miracle also irrelevant chocolate lava cake. Casper didn't even have the courage to undercook the cake, thus curiously lacking its signature molten center. This sad dessert is emblematic of Carl Casper's disappointing new chapter. His dramatic weight gain can only be explained by the fact that he must be eating all the food sent back to the kitchen. Two stars.
3: Feeling dejected, he ends up taking the hostess, Molly, who's uh, played by Scarlett Johansson, um who thinks he's the best chef in the world by the way uh, she takes her home uh, to his place to cook her a plate of pasta in an effort to feel better um so i have a note here it's more of a question are we supposed to buy into the possibility that these two are some sort of like in a relationship or, or like a couple like yeah I I the reason yeah. for that is because it's it's kind of it's it's When we cut to the house and he's cooking the the plate for her, it's just sitting there. It's just nothing but her, like in his bed with a t shirt on. It's like, are we supposed to believe that something happened with these two? Because we see him in the parking lot, you know, they're smoking the J together, and she's kind of like cheering him up because he's down dirt after reading that review. And then we cut to his place. He's making that banging plate for her, and she's just sitting there like I fucking the shit out of both him and his skill in nothing but like a t-shirt and then like he sits there and watches her as she tries it and then like
4: she has like an orgasmic
3: we, look on her face yeah and once then it's she like, takes that first bite but the movie doesn't actually like bring us it back does, to that it doesn't, it doesn't say
4: I, I have a i have a feeling that they probably just hook up and this, the impression i got was they just they hook up from time to time because she's she admires his skill and uh you know uh, that goes a long way for you know just okay. <laughs> ho- hooking up I, in the business and and uh, but I, I don't think there's a relationship there. I think it's a just uh, this there's man benefits, is so talented.
3: People yeah, messing that, around having fun. Yeah, that that yeah, was actually. the impression I got. But okay, it's, uh, me too. For the for the record, same way, same thing for me. I, I got that impression, but it's something I wanted to bring up and and talk about. So, um, sometime later. Uh, we see Carl going to pick up Percy when Percy tells him that his mother wants to talk to him inside. Uh, this is when we're introduced to his wife, uh, Inez, who's played by Sofia Vergara. Uh, she wants him to make sure she wants to make sure that he's okay after the review debacle, and then uh, tells him about uh, Percy being let down by his uh, constant tardiness. Carl makes it up to him by taking him to ride rides on the pier, They go see a movie, they drop him off. It's a real, it's like a real quick flashy montage it's like quicks cut to them in the theater quick cut to them on eating popcorn quick cut to them riding a roller coaster then the next cut four seconds later he's dropping them back off at the house like have a great day yeah All right. see you next time (laughs) Um, it's it's a bit that I always I get a chuckle out of it
2: I'm going to go make it up to him (laughs)
0: that was fun right
2: yeah where are you going
0: I got to work on a menu
2: it's still early.
0: Can I watch? Yeah, sorry. It's at work.
2: I won't get in the way.
0: Yeah, I got to go work.
2: Okay. Bye. We have fun next week.
3: Okay. Um, yeah, it's like it was forced and rushed.
4: Yeah, they, yeah, they did exactly. a good job. Exactly. exactly.
3: Yeah. Um, so Carl goes back to the kitchen overnight to prepare uh, another special meal for uh, uh, the, the critic. Uh, Martin, who's uh, his sous chef, played by John Guizamo, uh, comes in, tells him to go home to sleep, casually saying "fuck Twitter," kind of says it under his breath a couple times, and uh, which Carl picks up on him and asks what he means. Martin then blows it off and focuses on the food that Carl's made. Tony, uh, Bobby Carnivale Carnival, comes in and also tells Carl not to worry about Twitter. At this point, Carl wants to know what they're both talking about when Tony tells him about Twitter. What it is, and then quickly goes back to talking about the food that's uh, uh, being made as the scene fades to black. Um, yeah, I I just love how like so out of touch Carl is with technology, and like he's so in the dark. Like Twitter, what's what is that? What do you mean, fuck Twitter? Why should I fuck Twitter? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, Carl has Percy again. This time, Percy is the one who mentions Twitter to Carl. So Carl finally has Percy create an account for him. At Chef Carl, at Chef Carl Casper, and the first thing he sees is that Ramsey's review of Carl went viral. Uh, later that night, after Percy's percy's asleep, Carl reads some of the food articles about Ramsey's review. When he decides to tweet, you wouldn't know a good meal if it sat on your face. To Ramsey, instead of uh, public messaging him or private messaging him, after doing this, he goes to bed uh, thinking that it was a PM. Uh, and then the number of the Twitter notifications is seen blowing up. Now, this is something unique the film does. I don't know if he got like some, I don't know, some money from Twitter for this, but like we see the Twitter bird like in the movie. Like every time he sends a tweet out, we hear the the, the chirp, and then like, yeah, you see the actual like bird icon flying or flying off the screen and shit, and and. and it's not just here. It's in a couple of scenes in this movie, you know. I, I yeah, I, South Beach when they're all. Yeah, South you know, Beach. Exactly. It makes yeah, you wonder yeah. if, like, they had some sort of like deal with Twitter for this movie. Because oh, um, yeah. yeah. you got to remember, it's 2014. I'm not going to say Twitter was new bad things, because it definitely wasn't. I was using Twitter back in like 2009, um, so Twitter was by mean by no means like a new, you know, platform at this time. It's just they got a lot of love from Twitter for this movie or vice versa. And it's just, it's plastered all over this movie. Um, And then the next morning while cooking breakfast, Percy wakes up and checks the tablet to see over 1600 people have started following Carl overnight. He asks his father if he posted anything and he tells him that he didn't just a private message that food quick. Percy then tells him that he didn't message it, that he tweeted it for everybody to see.
2: Dad? Yeah. You got 1,653 followers since last night.
0: Oh, is that good?
2: It's amazing.
0: Oh, good. What does it mean?
2: It means that 1,653 people are reading your Twitter feed. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. I thought it was like texting.
2: Did you post anything since last night? No. Are you sure?
0: Yeah, I just sent a private message to somebody. To who? To that a-hole food critic.
2: You could only send private messages to people who are following you. I think you might have posted that publicly.
0: No, he wrote something nasty about me, and then I hit reply, and let me send a message to him.
2: Dad, replies are public. Everybody can read them. And it looks like he retweeted it to all his 123,845 followers, and he wrote back. what did he say? I don't think I should read it.
0: Just, can you read it to me, please? Read the the reply.
2: At Chef Carl Casper, I would rather have you sit on my face after a brisk walk on a warm day than suffer through that fucking lava cake again. He wrote that to me? He wrote it to everybody.
3: He also responds with, "I would rather have you sit on my face after a warm, brisk walk on a warm after a brisk walk on a warm day than suffer through that fucking lava kick again." <laughs> this infuriates Carl, who replies with telling him to come to the restaurant tonight because he's got a special menu just for him. Um, yeah, a lot of this back and forth banner. So then Carl, he drops off Percy and Inez, uh, his ex-wife, tells him that her publicist wants to talk to him about the uh, Twitter incident. So they all go inside to call her. This is when Carl basically says, thanks, but no thanks. When he realizes it's, it's about the food truck in the end. It um, yeah, was, you say, she's going to tell me not to uh, send any dick pics and
4: uh, stay quiet or yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, exactly. Um, back at the restaurant, Carl is trying to get everything and everyone together for the special menu that he has for Riva. Uh, that he has when Reva interrupts again uh, because he wants the menu changed back. This time because they have the most reservations ever, even though it's because of the ongoing Twitter battle between Carl and Ramsey. The back and forth between these two escalates to Carl quitting on Riva and Riva suddenly uh, negating their restaurant deal. Uh, When he expects Tony and others to follow suit, Martin bails, but Carl tells him to stay.
7: Carl, Carl, we're staying with the same menu, right? I have something really good planned for
0: tonight. I'm like you say it's not sweet breads. Yeah, you going to be able to taste it.
7: That may be true, but we have the most reservations we've had on a work night since we opened. You realize that? I
0: know. I was on Twitter. I was, yeah. I, was I was I was promoting the restaurant. I was what? on Twitter.
7: Yeah, that's another thing. From now on, before you post anything online, I okay it, all right? The what? whole reason
0: everybody's here tonight is because I called out Ramsey and Michelle online and they're all coming to watch me stick it in his ass.
7: Yeah, and you're gonna Twitter an apology for calling the most respected critic in Los Angeles an asshole. I'm not gonna
0: fucking apologize to that guy. What do you mean you're you not You see what gonna... he wrote about me?
7: I don't give a fuck he what started he wrote it. about you. I don't care. You're a cook, you're a chef. This is what you've been cooking for years and it works. And either you cook the menu that our customers have come to. Ex- you want me to cook the same food? The same exact... The same food that he ripped apart? The same guy who's coming tonight? The restaurant isn't filled with critics. It's filled with people that have been eating your food for the last 10 years. So now suddenly you're going to be an artist. Well, be an artist on your own time. Listen to no me. Sweet Listen. Breads, no sweetbreads. No calves. I'm not cooking sweetbreads. Listen to me. The kitchen is my domain. That was our deal. I don't give a fuck what the deal was. The deal has now changed. Either you stay or you go. It's up to you. End of discussion.
0: We got a full house of people
7: yeah. who are coming at night yeah. to eat my food. No, it's not your food, Carl. It's not your food. By definition, it's my food because it's my restaurant. I pay for the glasses. I pay for the napkins. I pay for the spoons. I pay for Molly's salary. I pay for your entire staff's salary, okay? So you either cook my menu or Tony can. Tony, you've been cooking it half the time anyway. Tell the truth. Right? So you're threatening to fire me now? Am I threatening to fire you? No, I'm telling you what I'm prepared to do if you don't cook my menu. Subject closed. My well, God. why don't you
0: cook the menu without a chef and we see how it goes we see how it goes tonight. Let's go, Tony. Fuck this. Tony. Good luck.
1: Oh no way, no do
7: way. That. No Mar- way, Mar- man. Mar- Mar- no, hell no, come on. Don't do stay. it Don't do it. Call me. Call me. Tony, you got a full house tonight. Be a pro, okay?
3: So is this kind of like is this is this a real thing? Like, like, like uh head chefs or whatever is he have is, is it the relationship between him and his staff like this close is it always like this or I feel like yeah, I'm interviewing it, someone for this episode but no I honestly I'm curious it's what you know I I want to know yeah a lot of times it is and it's it's separated between
4: <clears throat> like ownership front of house and back of house um uh-huh. yeah that you know we had a little a tiny incident last night where you know one of the Server start going at the kitchen and all the kitchen groups together and starts going at the server and we have to squash that. Okay, um, but yeah, very, very usually defensive of, of one another. They're um, like little families within a, a larger family. Um, but the uh, you know, walkouts like that you you don't see too often. <laughs> I've I've seen a couple, but
3: yeah, I, I can't imagine it happening like often. You know. You know, but this is good. I just I kind of want to get a bird's eye view of you know how real this is, how how true this movie is to like the real life scene, you know, in in the restaurant industry. So, um, so now Carl has gone viral for his rant. Uh, Wait, 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 hang on a second, got ahead of myself. So Carl goes home and uh, begins cooking the food himself. Intercutting with scenes of the restaurant with Ramsey arriving and getting the same meal he already reviewed. When he salivating if, during that yes. whole scene, by the way. <laughs> yes, exactly. When he asked to speak with Carl, Reva tells him that he had to leave and wouldn't let anyone know if he was returning. Um, he even offers him a bottle of, uh, of of wine, like an old bottle of wine, for him. Um, he's like Reva's just doing anything he can to like kiss this dude's ass, but. Clearly, Ramsey's just like this is the same bullshit. Like no bottle of online is going to change the fact that you're starting to be the same shit over and over, and that's what this is all about. So, uh, yeah, he straight up is challenging him. It, it's
4: it's it's
3: it is as much yeah. as
4: their adversaries. He it's it's like he wants to see what he's capable of.
3: You know, he really yep. does want to see if he
4: still has those skills or not.
3: It's and not just him hate on him.
4: Yeah,
3: yeah, and that's why the end scene, you know, makes total sense, and we'll get yeah. to that. So Ramsey ends up tweeting about Carl going into hiding, um, uh, dreading if uh, back in his word, he's, he's dreading uh, his w- words essentially. Uh, upon reading this, Carl goes back to the restaurant and goes off on Ramsey. Oh, Let's go into
7: the back of the house.
0: Stop it! Stop it for a second. Just, just. I've been waiting to talk to this prick for a long time. I am not cloying. I am not needy. I don't care what you think. You're not getting to me. I'm not needy. Chocolate lava cake is not just undercooked chocolate cake. That's not what makes the center molten. You take a frozen cylinder of ganache, and you set it in the ramekin, so that as the outside cooks fully, the inside becomes molten. Okay. Okay. It's fucking molten, see? It's fucking molten, you asshole. And you don't do anything. What do you do? You sit, and you eat, and you vomit those words back? To make people laugh. You know how hard I work for this shit? Do you know how my whole staff works? What sacrifices make to make you happy, and then you just smugly, just fucking
7: shit on my shit? Okay. Okay. It hurts. Yes. It fucking hurts when you write that shit. It hurt you. It does. It does.
0: He was. You. He thought you were gonna close his fucking restaurant down. You asshole. And what do you do? You just write shit to make, you just make shit up! My like shit was molten! It's fucking molten! Asshole! You're
3: not getting to me! So, now that Carl is going viral for his rant here, his attempts to call his wife's publicist to have her get rid of all the videos goes nowhere when all she wants to do is utilize this incident for financial purposes, and all he wants to do is cook. He then calls his ex-wife, Inez, and asks her to keep Percy for him and cancels the the New Orleans trip that they were talking about casually throughout the uh, opening scenes. Um, Carl meets up with Martin and Tony at the bar, and they all talk about Carl's outburst and then his future with his own kitchen. A conversation outside with Molly reveals that he's actually received zero phone calls and that he needs to get back to work. Molly ends up pushing him to be with Percy more instead. Um, It's kind of full circle here. The conversation that we're having in in this film, like we talked about, you know, the, the Molly and, and she's, this is the last time we see Molly, by the way, uh, this, this, this moment here. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty early. Yeah. Yeah. The relationship with, with uh, Percy and, uh, and carl uh even molly notices it and she's like look dude you've got to be with your son you know that's what's that's what's important it's not about getting back at this you know food critic it's about patching or or salvaging what little you know chances you have you know because clearly it's 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 on edge his son's not getting any younger and you know it's it's something that I had to deal with too as a parent at one point. You know, it's it's just it's your, your kids are getting older and they and they remember things. And the more you load them off, the more it's going to stick to them and it's going to bite you in the ass. The older you all get, so Molly's just here, kind of being a supporter for Percy, and she's just pushing Carl to be with them. So Carl goes to pick Percy up when Inez tells him that they're going to go see her father in Miami, and she wants him to go with them. Um. This is when Inez tells him about how much she hurt Percy. So she so she wants him to come to Miami to take care of Percy while she handles business. Awkward? Uh, having your ex-wife be like, hey, come down to Miami with us and take care of our kid together. And my father, we're going down to see my father of all people who I'm sure <laughs> hate your guts because, you know, <laughs> you and I are no longer together. I just can't imagine like this is kind of like the one eye rolling moment of the film. Like this is kind of pushing it here. Like I can't see yeah. a, a situation like this, like making much sense in reality. This is clearly a, a setup for, you know, Hollywood purposes. But um, other than that, this movie's pretty goddamn realistic. You know, this is one of the very few eye rolling moments of the film. I just, do, I personally do not buy in to this miami trip you know which we're gonna know come to find it out sets up the rest of the film um yeah, it certainly does I, I, yeah exactly so we, we um down in miami carl inez and carl go to little havana so percy can watch Inez's father uh, perform once in his life um he's like he's in a a cuban band a, a cuban music group and uh i guess it's it's big on her to have her son watch her uh, father play you know in, in real life so the sight of carl and inez acting socially together and danton makes percy uh, visibly happy later after the performance they all go out with her father and they all talk about such things as carl's weight and his future <laughs> he just and starts insulting still- him pretty much yep yeah, you know he, he had to do it was coming um yeah. that's that's, that's- in inlaws do so? They start eating cubanos, uh, but Percy's asleep, and Carl wants to wake him so that he can uh, have an authentic uh, cubano sandwich with them. This gets Carl and Inez talking more about him making cubanos on a food truck. He finally agrees to talk to her ex, Marvin, about getting a food truck, and we are about to meet Marvin, played by Robert Downey Jr., who. Still can't believe he's in this movie. It's crazy. He comes through like a
4: tornado, too. I know Holy he does. Shit.
3: And it's like it's it's like watching like a mini Tony Stark in this movie. The way he's kind of oh like God. cocky and he, he's funny. He really is a funny guy. A guy in this yeah, movie and shit. Yeah,
4: then he start off saying like, yeah, yeah, she's pregnant. She says his mind, but you know what? I have my shoes tied. So blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah.
3: The, and then when he walks in the bit where she's like booties like is is it booties or footies or something like that she asked him to to, to put the footies on because of the uh the hardwood floor yeah uh the the tile the hard tile floor whatever it is The it's a really weird i i I can't even this is a strange scene it's yeah his character seems a little out of place i I don't know but it's uh I'm sure it's they mentioned it? it what he does. I just can't remember what he what it is that he does because he's just sitting in this like random office that's like, it's like nothing on the outside. Once like, would you get in there? It's huge. It, it, you would think uh, he's like an architect when he goes in there, the way the, the whole room looks and shit. Yeah. And he just got this shitty food truck showing in the back of the place, like you know,
4: <laughs> yeah, they terrible.
3: So. It is booties. Upon entering, he's instructed to put on booties to the, uh, for the floor. Um, and then we get this funny gag here with him trying to walk into Marvin's office, like kind of sliding around with the booties. Uh, the two talk about things such as Marvin's line pregnant receptionist to carpet for Marvin's floor to the food truck. Uh, Carl stops Marvin from busting his balls And Marvin insinuates he slept with Inez After Carl left before turning the attention To the truck
8: A turd turd that lost I don't
0: know that I feel like a turd Good. I feel like I had a bad week I feel like I lost my job I made an ass of myself on the internet I'm divorced, I'm old, I got no money I live in a shitty apartment in Venice You know what makes me feel like a turd? That I'm in my ex-wife's ex-husband's office And asking for a fucking favor And all he's doing is busting my balls
8: I like this humility. It's good. Truth be told, food truck's a great idea. You know what I mean? I think we, we take it back to something simple. Let me see if I got something to
0: say anymore. I don't even know. There's no problem. As I'll long as it's not back.
8: weird for you. I don't want you to feel like because you were with Inez and you guys were sleeping together and I was with her and we had this... But I, I was, was with her, first. then you were with her, and then maybe I fucked her after. I don't even know what happened with us. I came out to LA for a Clippers game once, and I think we had a couple drinks and we went to Islands. I think she had. A, what,
0: what happened between? The I don't two even. Of you? you know
8: what? It doesn't matter. Here's what happened. We're talking about a white on white '88 Chevy Grumman food truck. It's a blank canvas for your dreams. I'm gonna have him pull it around. Thank you. Don't thank me till you see it.
3: So the food. Yeah, that's a straight
4: truck. power move. Him, him trying to assert power yeah. over him, but Yeah, yeah, I yeah. fucked
3: her last kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Uh the food truck pulls up for Carl and it is a capital D U M P dump. Um yeah, this this truck, dude. Um I love it. It it looks they make this look like the worst fucking thing possible that is on four wheels, but then the astounding work that they do on this to turn it into what it becomes. It's just I, I know it's Hollywood, it's it's a movie, but still like it's just it's it's pretty cool scene. And because again, the, the 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 realism in this movie, you know, the way John Favreau, you know, wanted to make this, you know, look as realistic as possible. And that's why you see him and his son Percy in this movie here, like get down and dirty and like just clean the shit out of this thing and replace parts, you know, scrape off all the old shit. I mean, it looks like he just intentionally had food laying around for years without touching it.
4: Yeah. They, they, they convey that's not all glamorous very well. And that, uh, and there's parts that it's, it's fucking hard work and it's, it's grimy sometimes, but, uh, you, you gotta do it.
3: Do you think that they got that done all? They, do you think they got all that done in one afternoon? No, was, no, okay. not a
4: chance. Uh, I no,
3: there's no okay. way. I didn't think so. Just wanted to hear your take on it. Um, <laughs> so he calls Martin to tell him the business is going to take more time to start. When Martin reveals that he's been promoted to sous chef at the restaurant, uh, Inez drops off uh, Percy and eventually admits to uh, what Martin, uh hinted towards. Carl and Percy then begin thoroughly cleaning the inside and out of the truck together, removing old appliances, scrubbing everything down, including an old unusable, I'm sorry, an old usable hotel pan that Percy refuses to clean because of the smell. Uh, with the truck now clean, the, and, and time left to kill, so and on top of getting all this done, cleaned out in one day, they also had time to kill in the end. They had time yeah. left over because you see a bunch of um, Mexican workers who were on break. To, uh, they asked them to help move the appliances into the truck, but to no avail. So he, I get I like this guy here. He tries to use the power jack. Now I'm familiar with power jacks. I use power jacks or our pallet jacks. I use them at my dad's company to to to, to carry loads around the uh, the. the the paper floor and then i use it currently at my job uh at walmart in the back just when we gotta pull you know things around the store we use a pallet jack so the fact that he takes a pallet jack thinking and and i've seen some amateur people use these before and like it's the simplest thing in the world to use how people just incorrectly use it. It's just astounding to me. So here we see him loaded. He tries to jack it as high up as he can and pushes it at the van. It's like, all right, power Jack, you, you crank it up as high as you can. You got about twelve inches, like a foot high off the ground. That's it. This thing, like, you got to get the back of this truck. Like, it's it's a good like four feet, you know. So the funny bit here with him pushing it like at the truck to no avail, and then um uh, he immediately begins uh helping help it that's right and this is when um martin suddenly arrives in a taxi to tell carl (laughs) that he's his new sous chef uh then he'll work for nothing for now so then he immediately begins helping by asking the workers in spanish to help which the crew does (laughs) immediately helps out (laughs) oh exactly like right away help out get all the stuff in there um and then martin tell stays behind and carl and Percy go get all the stuff that they have to get martin stays behind and marinates and prepares everything because he promised all the workers uh that he they, they get free lunch and beer so that's what happens that's that was the deal that he tells them in spanish so with the meat now ready the three try it out first before breaking into their own food truck jobs with martin in charge of the meats Percy's in charge of making the sandwiches and Carl overhears everything else. um, Or overheads everything else. Carl then invites the workers over for lunch as promised by Martin. And then we get this bit here with uh, Percy. He accidentally burns a Cubano but then still wants to serve it because they're not paying for it. And this is when Carl pulls him uh, outside and gives him a speech about how cooking is his passion. It doesn't even matter if it was free. It's... uh, he loves to do it and everything every sandwich counts even if it's free it's about your reputation
2: whoa 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 that's burnt so they're not paying for it
0: Uh-oh, mate. get off the truck you got this yeah i got it, I got it. Do slow down for a second is this boring to you no i like it yeah well i love it everything that's good that's happened to me in my life came because of that i might not do everything great in my life Okay, I'm not perfect. I'm not the best husband. And I'm sorry if I wasn't the best father. But I'm good at this. And I wanna share this with you. I wanna teach you what I learned. I get to touch people's lives with what I do. And it keeps me going and I love it. And I think if you give it a shot, you might love it too.
2: Yes, sir.
0: Now, should we have served that sandwich? No, Chef. That's my son get back in there we got some hungry people he's ready to cook
3: so i want to get your two cents on this moment here because this is one of my favorite films parts of the film here is when he pulls his yeah. son and has this talk with him like it, it's 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 real he he's got a point like you know it's about reputation you know you don't want to serve him you know a burnt sandwich even even if they're not paying for it you know that that's his reputation every sandwich that goes out is his reputation so yeah again, so there's he's two-
4: saying, two totally different um <clears throat> kinds of chefs or cooks and there's that kind and then there's a the one that fuck it i'm not redoing it there's usually no in between um so you you know you always look for uh for that kind of guy who takes pride in what they do and not just you know getting a paycheck and that you know that shows the audience right there. He's, he really cares about what he's doing because a lot of people would just be like, fuck it, I'm not A,
3: either wasting the money or B, putting the effort
4: to do it again.
3: Um, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot. I'm sure there's more people, unfortunately, who have Percy's mentality than uh, Carl's here. So yeah. Uh, later that night, the three are sitting outside the truck talking about their success and what their plans are. Uh, Percy tries convincing them to let him come along with them, even uh, going as far as asking his mom ahead of time. It works, and the trio kick off the next day in downtown Miami, stopping at a popular park area where the crowd surrounds the truck almost immediately. Uh, so they enjoy their success at this location when a police officer on a bike comes over their truck asking for the permits and such before noticing Carl from the uh the viral <laughs> video on Twitter. <laughs>
0: What do you need,
6: sir? Uh, I need to talk to you on the side here. OK. On the side, oh, please. I got you. Right away.
0: OK. Uh, got, I got it. I got it. I got
6: it. I got it. All right. All right. Relax. Relax. Keep it down. Keep it down. Hang on, Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. I need to see a permit. Permit, yeah. We got it. We got it. Should we mm. good? Yeah. Your permit's good. You're just not good to sell here right now.
0: Okay, all right, all right. thank you. So just, what, like a, a half mile down yeah, the road? Yeah,
6: as long as you're not uh, right here on South Beach, okay, you're okay. no problem. Hey, uh, Sorry about that. Aren't you the uh, lava cake guy?
0: Uh, yeah, from, uh, yeah, from the yeah. internet.
6: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my kid and I saw you on Tosh.0. You were hilarious. <laughs> Thanks, <sir. laughs> Okay, great. That was hilarious. Okay. Hey, uh, can I get a quick picture with you for my kid? For, uh, from my kid? Sure. Yeah. Hey. Hey, you know how to work this? Yeah, hey, Martin. Come
0: uh, here. Is that flat screen TV? Yeah.
6: Oh, hold on. A let me get, let me let me unlock it for you real quick. Uh, really,
7: to... oh. Hang
0: on. All we're right. gonna we're gonna go move ahead.
7: it down there the you. road. It's hard to use yeah, other people's yeah. technology.
0: big one. Here, arm around you. Is all that good? Yeah, yeah.
7: All sure. right. okay, how, how, how
6: do I what right? I press? Okay. Just touch. this, tap, tap the screen first. Hold on. Okay. Let me make sure it's not on video. It's on. Uh, yeah, it's on. I'm putting it on the camera. There we go. Yeah.
2: Alright, all get all right. together.
6: You so gotta tap tap the center of the screen when you see a box. Make sure the box is around our head. Uh, okay. So whatever you're shooting is in the box.
0: Just All take right. the fucking okay. I got it, I got it. Okay, okay. good. Go. Thanks, let's take On oh, the... your fingers in front of your fingers <laughs> in front <laughs> sorry, of the Sorry, sorry. Good. Yeah. Great. I okay, got it. thank you. All, All right. right, thank you. And I... Thank
6: you, hey, officer. Uh, can I just take a, take a picture up there in the uh, kitchen? Uh,
0: on, on the truck? That'd be
6: great, yeah. Uh, got good. It. Okay. Can, I, can I take one pressing a sandwich or something?
0: Got it. Good? Okay.
6: Hey, Hey, can we do one more? We're like Lady and the Tramp. You know, you're biting one end, I'm biting the other. Come on, you can do this.
3: Apparently this guy's a real comedian, Russell Peters, who plays the cop. He's got the look. i I I know I've seen this dude before, but like I, I I'm not familiar with his work. Um he's yeah, a big a big comedian.
4: And I couldn't I couldn't pin anything he was in. Did he just he just does stand-up or something or
3: yeah, like, he looks like he's one of them comedians where he does a lot of stand up and then the films it's that he's part of like a there, super
4: troopers kind of Kind yeah, so, of or something like that. Sort of it's
3: almost like the films that he did do that he that he has put out have been like low budget directed video stuff that like are like uh spoof films like you know like scary movie would be um I don't know. Uh, I, i'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this who are like oh yeah 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 russell 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 peters i know russell peters I, unfortunately we don't Um, uh, but yeah, he's a comedian i know that for a fact um and he's here doing this bit with uh different poses him and been called uh, the, the cupola the lady and the tramp like, lady and the tramp yeah <laughs> that's a good one yes yeah. <laughs> um so the three are now heading to new orleans with uh mini-montage of different area shots and Twitter videos and posts that uh, Percy's checking from his phone. This is when Percy explains to Carl and Martin that he's been shooting a one-second video each day and at the end of their trip, he's going to make a video of it using all the clips together. So They get to New Orleans and they set up down on the quarter. Carl and Percy walk down uh, to the, the French quarter to have uh, yeah, bag- cafe bag- du Monde. The be- yes. beignets,
8: yeah. Which beignets.
3: Is the, by
4: the way, so, New Orleans for for those in the bit, it is the mecca. I mean, it is like the holy grounds of of cul- culinary uh, arts in America. I mean, it, the French influence with the southern cuisine and the passion for cooking. That's it, New Orleans, man. So I, I, I've been there many times, and it's, I was
3: about to ask, how many times for- have you been down there? uh four.
4: um nice, yeah and I, nice. and it's not you know bourbon street's kind of a side. it's to go to the you know uh commander's palace cafe du mon all the the famous restaurants and um oh yeah, my yeah. god it's such a passion the biggest shitty hole in the wall place there is is usually somebody's who been cooking you know fourth generation they have a recipe that their great great grandmother had and it, it's all mm-hmm. amazing
3: it's it's god i, I love it there yeah. Nice. No, ha- so, how are these uh, bag nets? how How are they? Uh, you know, they're
4: uh, they look like little, donuts. They are. They're like donut. It, it, it mostly reminds me of like a funnel cake, as just a donut side I mean, they're they're good. I wouldn't go okay. down there expecting to be blown away by them, because you'd be like, oh yeah, this tastes like a funnel cake
3: at the fair, you know. But yeah, it but it, it, it just, a it's a combination of them. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, one of these days, I'll get there and uh, try one for reals. So, Percy asks his father what else they gotta go by to which Carl says nothing so they can just enjoy the moment together. And then they get back to the truck and it's revealed that they have a massive line waiting for them on uh, to order. It's revealed that while they're uh, uh, doing their boy prep, that this is because Percy has posted about it using Twitter. He tagged them, uh, their location... And it's because of him and his little technical skills on the Twitter that they had this crowd. And uh, then we get my favorite part of the film. Spoiler alert: the hot eight brass band sexual healing plays while the trio are <laughs> traveling to yeah. Austin, Texas. I fucking love this scene. I love hearing this uh, song. It's a feel good part of the film. Like. You just want to sing the song with the guys in the truck as they're driving the, the set to Austin. It's I love it. I love this scene, hearing this song. Um, it's all three of them just hanging out with Martin and Carl singing along while Percy looks lost and begins laughing at what they're singing about. Um, uh, yeah. That's a great, and, and I was going to say, man, the, the soundtrack in this movie, I think, is perfect. It, this is I want to talk about the soundtrack here. Yes, thank you. There's
4: so much culture in this movie. Like, you know, you go down to Miami and it's man, just that awesome Cuban live music, you, you go got, got the North, Latin,
3: you got the Latin got jazz.
2: That,
4: yeah, the jazzy stuff and they really incorporate the food and music and the culture in, in this movie. And uh you know, I love how they take each place they go, they take something from the place they went and put it on the menu, you know, they start with the Cubanas and then yep. are on it and it's it, but man, the music, they, every place they go, it's, I think he did it perfectly. Even the, um, the song that cream by Wu-Tang that samples, um, in the beginning, like I, yes. I think he, yes, he did. Oh man. The
3: soundtrack was really good in this. I thought it, it really, it really is. It's, it's one of the best things about this film. And I, like you said, I love how, like, each location they incorporate the soundtrack um to as the background to the storyline like 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 you said oh, yeah, and then Miami, austin, they, got they got the, the guitar, jazz yeah. they got yeah. the jazz and um new orleans they got the blues um and yeah austin they've got that that just like indie you know guitar that 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 guy yeah, like, i love i love that song it's, yeah, yeah it's so, so good. good it's so goddamn good um so yeah, they uh, they arrive at Franklin's barbecue in Austin to pick up their meat for his truck, trying out the brisket before uh, or while discussing uh, what all they want to make with the the meats that they have supplied because they, they go and they, oh, God, they got that four of them. Four briskets, so fucking four. Good. yeah. They've been fired up, they've been uh, grilling all overnight. Slow and low, yeah. Oh yeah. So they set up in the they set the truck up in Austin while twitter birds are seen chirping around and then they get to then we get shots of downtown austin uh, shots of downtown austin hospitality going on while the guys are serving people i've never been to austin um, me neither man i want to i always want to go
4: in food cities and yeah austin's high up memphis and austin are, are really high up on
3: barbecue music one day yeah so two two places that i've always said i wanted to go and ironically enough there are two places in the united states i i've always before i die i want to go to austin and before i die i want to go to portland oregon two just weird culture cities yeah i've heard so many things yeah i just i want to go to each town man just hang out for a couple days just and and take it all in yeah it's funny i went to seattle and um it's funny that Portland, Seattle
4: rivalry is this. It's uh, real. It it's is, real. man. And again, not to bring up pig again, but uh my do you, my favorite part uh-huh. of that whole movie is when they're sitting, they're they're in Portland, they're sitting back, and they say something about somebody being from Seattle. They both look at each other and like "fuck Seattle." Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. But I, I've always I've wanted to go to Portland too.
3: That that's that's in my top ten for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, So later that night, while everyone's winding down, Carl and Percy are sitting on top of the food truck. They talk about Percy's video project, and then Carl breaks down and tells Percy how much of a good time he's had. But their trip's going to be ending soon, so he's going to have to go back home and to school and that they won't be on the food truck anymore. He tells Percy no one can take away the experience they had together.
2: Flash
0: Oh, look at that. Email that to me, all right? Okay.
2: Mind if I post this?
0: What is it, another Vine?
2: No, it's one-second-every-day video. Remember? It's the trip all cut together?
0: Oh, the little cuts of the thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, just email it to me. I'm sure it's fine. Listen, I, uh... I want to talk to you about something. Yeah? I've had a really good time with you these last couple weeks. Me
2: too.
0: And... you've become a really good cook.
2: Thanks. think so. Not just
0: for a kid. I mean, you're really good. You work really hard. It's a big deal. But we're going to be home soon, and... we're going to get back to our lives, and I'm going to be really busy with the truck, and you're going to be really busy with school.
2: But I can still work on the truck, right? You said I was a good cook.
0: I'm sorry, Percier. I just don't want you to be disappointed when things go back to the way that they were.
2: I don't want to go back to that. I can work out through school and on weekends. I
0: just want to be honest with you, okay? I, I feel like I've let you down so much and I didn't want to blindside you, but, but the summer's gonna end and we're not gonna be doing this anymore, okay? Okay. But we had a lot, a lot of fun and nobody could take away from us what we experienced together, right? And I feel like I really got to know you
1: change
3: around and then we get more shots of the truck heading out west before eventually returning to California uh, we see Carl dropping Percy off at home Percy gives him a big hug and tells him he's gonna he's really gonna miss him uh, before he leaving Percy reminds him of the video and for him to watch it um, now again as a father a parent I can relate to this um, these moments suck when you're with your kid for X amount of time and then that the moment where you have to drop them off and you're, they're no longer with you. Like, you know, they've been together for probably like a week or two here. These two, I can totally relate with me and my daughter, you know, say two week vacation to the beach or something. And then when that's said and done and we get home and I have to drop her off it sucks. I mean, hell, even I, I get my daughter every other weekend and I don't get to really see her for those weekends because during the week she's at the school. And, and then, even even every other weekend, that Sunday when I have to try, like yesterday it happened when it was time for her to, to go for the next week and a half to two weeks, you know, it sucks being a parent to have to say goodbye, even though you know you're going to see them and they're only a text message away. It's just, it, it's a parent thing. That's all. So yeah,
4: The look of look sadness And pain on his face it 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 hurts you you know just watching it's like man
3: uh. and then and then right after that we get this moment here with carl getting back home and then he plays the video that percy made and he gets very emotional watching it realizing how much of a fun time it all really was and then when it's over, he calls Percy and tells him as long as it's okay with mom, he wants Percy's help with the truck on weekends and weeknights after homework's done, and that all the money he makes goes straight to college. So it's a good uh, I think that's a that's a great idea. You know, it, it teaches his son responsibility. I think that's a good plan that he's got, you know. So sometime later, Carl has his food truck set up along with some other trucks and a massive crowd of people. It's also worth mentioning Inez is working on the truck now as well, taking everyone's order when suddenly Ramsey shows up and asks to speak with Carl. Uh, So, yeah, Ramsey again, for those of you who forgot, he's the food critic. So the the, the two of them go behind the truck in private and hash out everything that happened. He tells Carl that he's been enjoying his food before ridiculing him for cooking for Riva and then offering to partner up and open a brand-new restaurant together.
0: What exactly are you doing here? I'm needing um, the food, I'm eating your food. I thought my food was needy and cloying.
1: Well, I, I didn't think you'd want to serve me, so I sent
0: somebody else to pick it up. What happened between us, that really knocked me for a loop. I mean, you robbed me of my pride, and my career, my dignity. And I know people like you, you, you don't usually care about that kind of That's thing. That's not necessarily true. But you should know, it hurts people like me, because we're really trying.
1: You started a flame war with me. Are you kidding me? I buy ink by the barrel, buddy. What are you doing picking a fight with me? I wouldn't challenge you to a cook-off. I thought I was sending you a private message. I didn't know that. I thought we were having fun. It was theater. By the way, what the fuck were you cooking? You totally shat the bed, buddy. How could I back that? You were one of my early boys.
0: I had no control over the menu.
1: Whatever the case, okay? You seem to be cooking for yourself again. Because this shit is sensational. I mean really, really good. Thank you. I'm not gonna write about it. I understand. Because I'd like to back you. Excuse me? I want to bankroll you and I can't write about anything I have a vested interest in.
0: I'm not sure I get what's going on here. I sold
1: my website for a whole lot of money, and I've just put in a bid in a place on Rose. It's zoned, it's permitted. You could build it out however you like, and you can cook whatever you like. Take your time, think about it. I wouldn't blame you for having a few trust issues, but I just thought that, you know, you and me burying the hatchet might be a good story. Reservation's out the door. More importantly, you know, you just cook your ass off in there. And in the meantime, you just tweet me wherever you are and I'll come running, because this shit's good, all right? Delicious. Delicioso. Mucho goodo. Hey, heaven. Yeah. That was a lot of talking and you're not punching him. So what the asshole
0: say, huh? <laughs> I think that asshole might be a new partner.
4: Yeah. He even, even, he even, like, I didn't think you'd serve me. So I had to send somebody to order the food and sneak yeah. it back to me. <laughs> and then what'd you
3: say? Like, they, they, he's like this, this shit is good. This shit is delicioso. Delicioso. Yeah. that's what he says to him. Um, yeah so then at six months later, Carl's enjoying the opening of his new restaurant with Ramsey. It's called El Jefe. It's also revealed before the closing credits that Carl and Inez have remarried and are also enjoying the reception at the new joint, along with friends and family taking the movie home. That is the end of 2014 chef, John Favreau. Um, yeah, I I love the name of it because
4: El Hefe. I, I looked it up means like the boss, you know, yeah. the chief, the boss. So he's like, finally, I have my own power. I can do whatever I want. I don't have to, you know, listen to the guy who wants to play it safe. And you know, but I, it's it's mine now. I can be as creative as I want to be without any limitations.
3: Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Favreau actually incorporate that name into like a real business? It's, doesn't he have a real food truck or something in real life called El Jefe? I want to he does. He does. I, I just
4: found that out yesterday. I didn't know. Okay, that I thought he has, did. Yeah. I, I thought he does. He did. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. Very good. So I don't. Um, that's one I would love so, to visit. It. I don't. I imagine it's not anywhere near here. But. Uh, <laughs>
7: um,
3: no. No. Yeah. No. I should look it up and see all if the, it's. Oh, that's out of the country. Yeah. Before we get to the later categories from every episode, I want to keep this conversation going for just a little bit more and uh, talk food a little bit. So I, I got you one here. It's a it's a movie about food. Um, so you personally, Paul, um, why don't you give the audience um, and even myself uh, just kind of a, a background on like your tie-ins with food, where it came from, how it's going, like. Just a kind of, you know, nothing extended, yes. just like a kind of like a rap, you know, in a, in a nutshell, like how I started, how, where, where the passion came from. Cause I'm not going to lie. I don't remember you being, you know, like into the culinary and stuff like that when we were working together, maybe you were, and I just was young and not paying attention to things. Um, Or maybe you had not started yet. I don't know. So. No, no,
4: I, I, I had not. So it really started for me um when I started bartending at. Uh, a place for uh, those of you who may not know, I, Ed, I'm sure you're aware the Oregon grill, which is a, uh, like a four-star restaurant. Um, uh, famous chef, Mark Henry was there um, and oh, his nice. influence. Yeah. was, was French. He loved French food, Bur Blanc, you know, there's four main sauces to f- uh, French cooking, but Blanc is one, which is basically shallots, butter, heavy cream, mm-hmm. um, and white wine um and it's a slow long process like you have to be passionate about making it um or else it'll break and you know you get to see the the delicacy of of really great cooking and so I and but that sauce was the basis for everything it was um either a blanc sauce or a whole grain mustard seed butter sauce which was a blanc with mustard seed and um a red pepper butter sauce which was blanc with red pepper um but um that was my first real exposure to like french food and the passion for it and ever since then and the daily specials like that he would come up with um before he got you know he got a little burned out um after those hours and weekends and all that right but um man the passion he would have about getting this fresh ingredient and okay what do i do what do i create with this you know sometimes you just let it the ingredients speak for itself. Sometimes you you dress it up, but it was really working there that, um, my love for, for food, um, the culinary arts just took off. And ever since then, it's, um, you know, I've wanted to travel. And the first thing I do is look up what food are they known for? You know, where do I have to go? What's the best rated restaurant? You know, it's not always the fancy place. And you know what, that's, what's awesome about these food trucks is what I wanted to say is you know it's not always about the russian tea rooms and the french laundries The the most famous fine dining restaurants in the world man people with extreme skill can take it to a food truck now can post it on social media and just do good kick-ass food you know the hole in the wall kind of places that are just really good food i'm glad to see people you know aren't just going to the white cloth fancy restaurants anymore that you know, food trucks are chic now. Just good food is um, is popular now, and it's uh, you know I like to see it honestly.
3: Although uh, everywhere, dude, F- food trucks are everywhere. I was I was actually one of the things I was going to ask you about uh, in this conversation uh, was, was about food trucks in general and like the the ever growing popularity. I I I don't know when it started, but yeah, I know so- it's still growing. Like I see food trucks, like they have. Like every thir- Tuesday and Thursday around here, they have like little food truck, you know, meetups and shit. It's yeah. Like a club so, that people go
4: to. I think there's two main, main sources for food trucks right now. Um, and, and the first one was when social media came out. Um, it really fed into the, the FOMO people have, you know, the fear of missing out. You know, you you sit there and, and like like Roy did, He was a, he was a genius at marketing his truck. You know, he would sit there and he wouldn't tell you tuesday i'm going to be here he said you have we're going to announce right here where we're going to be in half an hour so people are sitting there on the site waiting, waiting waiting absorbing all of his the info on, you know on his on his page getting familiar with the brand and then boom we're gonna be here in half an hour people are like well, i have to go there right now <laughs> um right you know i think that social media really propelled those food trucks the scarcity of the fomo and i think the second thing is uh the breweries i mean Breweries now are blowing up. I mean, they're all over the place. And uh, to keep overhead costs low, you know, they don't have kitchens. So they have two or three food trucks now. So I I, I think they're thriving because those couple of things right now.
3: Um, Yeah, Yeah, There's there's a couple couple of uh, breweries up uh, around your way in Hartford County um, over the summertime that I went to uh, the same way. uh, Food truck, food truck.
4: Yeah, the independent, which is, uh, for those who don't know, it's a, it's a, it's a small brewery in town. Um, uh, the most popular place by far in, um, in Bella. They have a food truck. I was, but now there's a couple on farms, huge, wide open spaces where there's two or three, you know, where there's hundreds of people at a time. And, um, and that's part of the appeal is what food truck's going to be there what day, you know, because it's not, again, a set menu, you know, it's something new and,
3: and, uh, different and, and fun you know every time you go yeah, there you'll, so. you'll see food trucks at wineries now and shit they're everywhere they really oh, yeah. are so yeah um so one last question i guess for you do you have um any particular favorite places or dishes you want to share with the audience myself included um
4: well i was gonna say um a guy i work with um actually loves this movie um one of the cooks and he made us one night the dish that and i can't for the life of me um remember the name of it but that scarlett johansson was eating the pasta, pasta. dish on the couch yeah, yeah so basically it's it's an italian dish it's um the ingredient there's like six ingredients in it it's uh just pasta with olive oil um red pepper flake uh maybe parmesan
3: what is that uh, he's cutting up? is that parsley he's cutting up too
4: yeah yeah partially for the garnish um maybe one or two other things but he made it for us one night and i um i was i was somewhat disappointed (laughs) if i'm being honest yeah it was a little there wasn't much to it okay but we we did go to um miami this past summer Mm to see the cn orioles game and we stayed in little havana so i of course Tried to find the perfect Cuban sandwich there, um, <laughs> and they're all very similar, and they are all really good. Um, mm. Yeah, so if you're ever down there, I, I, I mean, I would eat as many Cubans as, as you can because they're they're just delicious. Um, is there a place yeah, so around I, here? Is there it, is it, a, a place uh, around Cuba. here in Baltimore? So Little Havana has a good one. Um, okay. Yeah. Don't know, Tavern had a uh, Baltimore Cuban, which was really good, which was basically just Old Bay and the mustard, I think. But, um,
3: which is everything Baltimore in, in this town. Yeah. yeah slap it's Old Bay on it. That's
4: a, all it means is crab meat or Old Bay or both. Nope. <laughs> nope. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's really good there. Um, so I would, man, I would recommend everyone go out, get a good piece of fish or chicken and, and make a ber blanc sauce for yourself. Pour it on there and just enjoy it. It'll oh my god.
3: It uh,
4: it changed my love for food. Yeah.
3: You Make heard it, sure. gang. Listen to Paul. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Let's check out the inbox for this episode.
6: Uh, what's in the box? Not you give me the what's guy? in the fucking
3: box? Right, yeah. Uh, let people know we we're recording this episode and wanted to hear from them. So, first off, we got the F and Nerds podcast. You commented in. Chef thought it was a great movie for Favreau after, uh, no, thought it was a great move for Favreau after Cowboys versus Indians didn't pan out for him. Went back to basics and made one of the most enjoyable films of the last decade. And that's true. He didn't really talk about that. So, Favreau, this was like a few years after his last film that he did, um, uh, uh, Cowboys and Aliens, that I'm uh, not sure if you've seen it or not, but it was a total disaster. Uh, all around that was that daniel craig james bond and uh harrison ford and a bunch of aliens apparently um i'm familiar with it and i I
4: really want to remember it it. because everyone hates it so much i just i feel like i really want to watch it
3: yeah yeah right 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 I, i i can see that motivation definitely so yeah um haven't seen it but I do know it. yeah. This was the film that he kind of bounced back with after Cowboys versus Aliens. So, and then we have let's talk about this podcast podcast commenting, absolutely love this film. Really great performances, really like the whole aspect of balancing something that you love and are passionate about against your happiness and your family. Also learned to make a cubano from the film, and it's delicious. So very good. Let's see what else we got here. I go. Couple more. Friend of the podcast, Nick Browneller, has two comments. The first one is uh, Vergara is magnificent in this as an ex wife. I would like to say that it captures the passion people have for food. The process to develop his character from start to finish always has me remembering how I was when I started my restaurant. I'm sorry, Nick. Did you say started your restaurant? I didn't know you had a restaurant, buddy. Shit. <laughs> um, and he's got a a, a gif of, uh, uh, what's that guy? He says, bam, all the time, uh, that, that chef guy. Uh, uh, Emeril Lagasse. Which thank you. Yeah, 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 he, yeah.
4: His his first place was in New Orleans,
3: the uh, Commander's Palace. Nice. He's got a yeah. uh, gif of him saying, bam, and it says, like my favorite of his, having spent so much time in the business, I like the reality show he does for his chef friend. I get his passion for the truck. And let's face it, uh, MT in this film. M.T., M.T., M.T. the hell is M.T.? I don't know what M.T. is, Nick. Hang on a sec. I just
4: keep MT. thinking Michael Thomas just because I got him in the 11th round. hope he can play sometime
3: this year, but I know he wasn't in the mood. <laughs> I got him in the 8th. I'm hoping to see him. Um, <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. A great movie about food passion and following it. So thank you, Nick, for both comments. Um, and thank you to the others who chimed in on this. And um, hang on. Do we have more? Nope. Nope. False alarm. Uh, So yeah, that's that. Um, Thank you guys for your contributions. Um, And let's take a look at how did we get here.
1: Hey, Skitch. How did we get here?
3: I
6: led you here, sir. For I am Spartacus.
3: So the... We, we basically kind of outlined where this film came, how it came to be. Um, I got a little bit more. I can chime in as far as the, uh, the ins and outs and how it was done. Uh, John Favreau, of course, the writer, director and star of the film. So he wrote the film, uh, the script in about two weeks. He had <laughs> long wanted to make a film about food and chefs and felt that the subject was suited uh, to a long scaled independent film rather than a big budget production. And yeah, that paid off. I liked it. He cited Hero Dreams of Sushi, Eat Drink Man, Woman, and Big Night as his uh, inspirations for creating a food centric film. I've seen Big Night with Stanley Tucci. I like that movie. That's that's a good reference. Good reference. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. it came out about no, years I'm, ago. I'm trying to rack my brain. I, I don't know that one. Yeah, it's like Stanley Tucci is like a. a a chef, a hotel chef, or something. I, uh, I haven't seen it in, in, in about fifteen years or so, but it, it is a really good movie, and um, I'm, I'm kind of glad that it was listed here as uh, one of the uh, inspirations. So the script was semi-autobiographical, incorporating parts of Favreau's life into the main character, such as being a father while having a busy a busy career and coming from a broken home. Favreau also drew a comparison between his career as a director and Carl's career as a chef. He stepped down from directing major studio films to go back to basics and created Chef on a smaller budget, much like Carl's resignation from a popular restaurant to work in a food truck. I like that. And then there's the bit here about Roy Choi, who you talked about already. So I skip past that. Um, so the film, uh, they started filming it in July. 2013 in la and then they were filming on location in miami austin new orleans uh cities that Fabro chose to work into the story because they all possess a rich food and music culture filming locations in miami included the uh resale's restaurant the fontaine blue restaurant and the cuban restaurant hoy como Ayer in little havana in new orleans Some scenes were filmed at Café du Monde in the city's French Quarter. You you mentioned that already. Uh, In Austin, filming locations included uh, Franklin Barbecue and uh, Guero's on South Congress. Filming of the shopping scene took place in Los Angeles at Charlie's Fixtures. Food prepared for the shoot was eaten by the cast and crew after filming much of the dialogue in the movie truck scenes between Favreau, John Leguizamo and MJ Anthony was improvised in order to capture the banter of a kitchen environment. Um, So I, I mentioned earlier, I was going to get back to him and never did. So real quick, while on my mind, MJ Anthony, who plays his son in this film, Percy. Wow. So I'm usually kind of hard when child actors, um, I'm going to be very honest, I think most of them are shit. Yeah, um, most of them are, yeah. This kid, though, I'm shocked that he did not do more films after this. I know he did this a horror film called Krampus a year after this. Oh, my God. Krampus. He's the boy from resist- Krampus. That's right. <laughs> He's the boy from Krampus. Yes. Um, and he might I have had to a film before this. I do that every year. yeah nice this is a german thing yeah okay so but nothing really i mean it's a shame i think he's one of the best things about this film i i really believe that i think he's an excellent you know choice uh for percy because um he's i believe him he's a believable child actor you know and Um,
4: like you said that's not always the case and and Right. A lot of times they're just given passes just because they're young, snot news, little kids.
3: And I'd imagine Favreau did a, like a, I don't know, like some sort of like test between the two, see how they would react with one another. Cause like they, 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 they work so well together, the two of them on screen. Um, it, it's it's one of the things i love most about this film so um mj anthony uh yeah definitely wanted to acknowledge him i i, I just love the banter between him and luizamo and um uh, uh favreau uh one scene that sticks out is that we didn't really talk about is the um while they're driving late at night the cornstarch the cornstarch oh yeah
4: yes. corn
3: Yep.
1: putting a little cornstarch on my huevos, man. It's too humid down here. Dad, Dad,
2: your... What? Martin's putting cornstarch on his balls.
0: You putting cornstarch on your balls?
1: Yes,
2: sir.
0: Let me get some. Want some? Here. It's like baby powder. your nuts. It's nice, right?
2: Nice.
0: What's good is in the morning, you could dip your nuts in oil and make hush puppies. Yeah. Okay. I want to yeah. hear it.
4: Okay, so I was going to say um, one of my favorite scenes, and I think it was genius to put in there, um, was the small attention to detail, like the cornstarch, and People in the business know, which makes what a, total
3: like, sense. By the saver. way, uh, its such
4: a lifesaver. So, um, some of my biggest comebacks in life have involved gold bomb baby baby powder, which is what we use. Same thing uh, as cornstarch, uh, but I, I even have, have some myself. I get it. <laughs> I, I want to say it was like shit. What year was it? Two thousand fourteen. One of the busiest St. Patty's Day I've ever worked uh warm outside we had an outdoor event i'm running around left and right and i, I can't i my thighs are screaming they're chapped they're red burning I
3: imagine
4: keeled over in pain go in the kitchen i just put my head down and chefs throw some gold bomb at me basically like put this on get out there kid put it on and man i got my second wind and, and come up but like um yeah, that's something a lot of people that aren't in the industry don't. It, that's the kind of thing you just laugh at if you've seen. You're like, oh man, I've been there many times, and that's actually might be my favorite scene in the movie because I, you know, he did his research when. Uh, his yeah, because. Start putting cornstarch on their
3: balls. Yeah. Percy wakes up and he's like freaked out over because all he sees is like. Uh, john's got his hand down his pants and he's just like dad dad wake up you gotta see this dad and he wakes up and he's just like you're putting cornstarch on your balls and he's just like yeah he's like <laughs> can i get some <laughs> yes. and he's like the good news is like yeah what's he say like in the morning you can roast your <laughs> balls ro- roast them in something uh,
4: Oh you gosh, dip them in oil and make uh, not donuts, but uh, I forget what he says.
3: Dip them um, in oil and make hush
4: puppies. Like hush puppies. Yeah,
3: yeah you could, it? <laughs> Great the good line. thing is in the morning you can dip them in oil and make hush puppies. That's what it is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's I'll really tell good.
4: you this, man. With all this outdoor seating over the summer, that that uh, because of COVID, all right. the restaurants have outdoors. I I I'll be willing to bet that Gold Bomb and Cornstar sales are through the roof this last year because I've used it more, <laughs> more this last summer than I have in the previous five years, probably. Right, right. <laughs>
3: yeah. All right. So let's take a look at box office receipts. In the operational funds box, we will deposit 250000 American dollars. You take it out. We put more in. I want receipts. All right. So Chef premiered On March 7th, 2014, at the South by Southwest Festival, where it was later released on May 9th, 2014 from Open Road Films. It opened up on just six screens and it was it grossed $204,961 opening weekend, coming in at number 28. Uh second weekend, it jumped up to 15th place. It had a 245.8% 245.8% increase grossing 708.6 thousand uh, dollars 101 to gross worldwide 48.4 million dollars against a budget of 11 million dollars so the movie made money and I, I can I can already tell a bunch of this the, the gross was from overseas um because yeah you know, I'm surprised
4: this, I, I love the movie but I, I it doesn't seem like a movie that would do very well here. Like you said, I, I just, it's says it's a small niche that I don't um Yeah.
3: I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad it did. And it's so funny too, because I've, I've, you know, besides just you, I, I've, I've had conversations about this movie with other people. Um, uh, one of my close friends, uh, a frequent listener on the show, shout out Corey Klein, you know, Corey, 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 Corey Klein. Are oh, you always working together at blockbuster. Yeah. Yeah. Corey um, was actually going to join us for this episode, uh, but he had uh, something going on that he had to commit to uh, last minute and wasn't able to join us. But um he, um you know, when him and I talk about this movie. He's a big fan of it as well. But other than that, I've had conversations with people uh, who either love it or have never heard of it. I've never talked to a single person in my life. And I mean this, I've never talked to a single person who has said they don't like this movie or has had just negative things to say about this movie in general, just they've either love it or they've never seen it or heard of it. One of the two, that's it. Um. So, yeah. And and that, like I said, it, it, that's well, I can tell like this had to have been a success, like overseas. Uh, Can I pull it up real quick while I'm on here? I just want to see, I'm very curious to see how this did. Um worldwide because hang on a sec no okay I was wrong so 65% of the worldwide gross came from here domestically it made 31.4 million here in the states international it made 17 million dollars so okay I was wrong I stand corrected but either way um, it, it definitely made it's money back and a profit. And I think that's a reason why we're seeing it come back into kind of pop culture realm with the uh, the Netflix show, you know. And this is a this movie kind of is a Netflix staple. It's pretty much since it came out the best way to watch it unless you're like me, I own the movie. But if you don't, you can if you're a casual fan of movies or whatnot, it this is always on Netflix.
4: Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't remember never not being there. Um yeah, and like I said, it just burned off the, the chef show and I, I I think it's a big part of Ugly Delicious coming out too. Um I think it's spawned a lot of the, the, the kitchen shows, so very successful. Yeah, yeah.
3: And a lot of stuff online too. So I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with um oh, what is it called? That they got that the first your feast or first year for what the hell is it called the the the, the channel the, the the big show on there is the hot ones chicken wing show uh first we feast is the name of the the youtube sh- uh, channel and they have this show called hot ones where every week this guy Sean, i think his name is Sean, something i don't know he he interviews a celebrity and they eat 10 wings each wing has a different sauce like it's hotter and hotter and each each wing is a different question but that's kind of like branched out into like different food shows on that youtube channel they have like this this show called like the the burger show they like go around the country and world like trying out different unique burgers like they had like a burger that looked like something that you and i could have made that cost like two thousand dollars in one episode i was just like what the hell and it was all because of this little topping that was put on top like like a caviar-esque like topping that made it so So much money
4: i think that's in a book um shit what is it uh oh it's a marketing book um that i read shit Uh, i'm trying to remember right now off the top of my head but um oh no i'm sorry that was like a two thousand dollar cheesesteak i think they made but it had nothing to do, they didn't even want to sell it. It just had to do with um, getting pressed for the restaurant. Um, yeah,
3: yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, they, they
4: knew they weren't going to sell it, but it, I think it was like a $2,000 cheesesteak. And that's insane. all everyone talked about, but nobody bought it, but then everyone went to the restaurant. So
3: That's insane, dude. That really yeah. is. Yeah. Alright. Um. Give me a second. All right, let's take a walk over to the critics' corner see what they had to say about the movie. So currently Chef has a 87% rating on Rotten Tomatoes based on 189 reviews, um, with the critical consensus saying, Chef's charming cast and sharp, funny script add enough spice to make this feel-good comedy a flavorful, if familiar, treat. It currently has a 68 out of 100 rating on Metacritic uh, based on 36 critics. Um. Rolling Stone gave the film three and a half out of four stars, describing it as an artful surprise and uh, an endearing gift and deliciously entertaining, comic, touching, and often bitingly, bitingly true. Uh, the Boston Globe also gave the film three and a half out of four stars, thinking uh, Satan that the film was funny and heartfelt, and that despite its weaknesses, the strengths overpower the parts of the meal that are overcooked, that are undercooked. Uh, uh Chicago Sun Times critic Richard Roper gave the film three out of four stars. Finding it funny, quirky, and insightful. Uh, let's see. Well, do I any negative reviews here? Let's see. No, no, no. Washington Post gave it three and a half out of four. Uh San Francisco Chronicle said that Chef was Favreau's best film to date. USA Today gave it three out of three and a half out of four stars. Here we go. Slant Magazine critic Chris Cabin. However, wait, Chris Cabin. I know who that is. He does uh He's one of the the four hosts on the podcast I listen to. We hate movies. Uh, he gave the, the film one and a half out of four stars and described it as Favreau's most self satisfied, safe, and compromised film to date. Chiefly criticizing the film's lack of realism and credibility. Uh, duh, 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 duh. Also, writing for the Village Voice, Amy Nicholson agreed that the storyline was implausible and summarized the film as so charmingly middle browed that it's exactly the cinematic comfort food it mocks. Um, I mean, that's like your opinion, man, and you're entitled to it, but <laughs> I don't think that. I think they missed the point of this movie. Um, well, and what
4: I mean, I, I would question I, I, what, how did plausibility. What, what do they know about that? Have they gone through this journey? I, I don't. Yeah. You I wait for
3: a fucking magazine. What do you know about the chef's world? Exactly. Yeah, Thank, it, it, yeah, and, thank you and
4: to quote, to quote um, the, the critic and chef. He said, what the fuck? You know, I, I, I buy ink by the barrel. I would never challenge you in the cook-off. That's not your and, field of expertise. <laughs> Which has yeah. got, you know, Bravo, like well played. Th-
3: Very good. Yeah. You know, and, and Chris Cabin, I love this guy. I mean, I don't hate him. I think he's a funny dude. Um, I this isn't the first review of his though that I've questioned. Uh, but still, um he's basically calling Favreau like like uh pretentious. That's the best way I can think of it. The looking at this review, he's basically yeah. calling it sounds like a personal issue. The reason he didn't like it, um,
4: it does, and I bet you if he reviewed it now after seeing like what a continued passion this ended up being for right, him, right, right, he probably be like, oh, uh, this actually is something he, yeah, he, yeah, he really enjoys and really wanted to do.
3: Yeah, cabin. I what a I re-review. Goddamn it. Yeah. All right. So let's jump out of here and get to biggest takeaways. I'll start with my biggest takeaways from watching this. This is what I wrote down after the film ended. All right. Several things here real quick. We'll just go down one by one. Number one, this film makes me super duper hungry. Number two, um, it's a feel good movie. uh, Always leaving me smiling whenever I watch it. Number two, I mean, number three, this is a big one. Uh, I wrote down quickest two hour film ever made yeah you know what so
4: when i went to re-watch it i'm i swear to god i'm like i think it's under an hour and a half i think it's like an hour and 25 minutes or something i've always thought that too but its and then when
3: i started i was like no shit it's two hours it feels short it feels like a short movie because it's it's a breeze to watch you know it's so good that it's over before you know it and it's like uh see, i always forget that like they don't actually go on their trip to like the midway point of the movie. And even so it doesn't take up the rest of the film. It's the, 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 I don't know. Like I I think that the, the structure of this movie is is one of the, the the stronger um, suits of it. Um, And I think that plays a part in why it goes by so quickly. Um, So anyway, the wrapping up the list, I have the talent involved is incredible and look like they're having a blast making this uh mj anthony is full of talent the soundtrack is on point and my last note is they definitely don't make films like this anymore and it's not even a film that's 10 years old yet so yeah that's that's my take on this film in a nutshell um how about you you have any written down or anything you want to go over? yeah so
4: um I i thought uh Biggest takeaways: How social media has really evolved um, the culinary world. How it's pushed yeah. it forward, and um, yeah, how the critics now everything's at the fingertips um, can really hurt or help your business. Um, I, I think being in the business, it, it it beautifully illustrated that that line, like I kind of said earlier, about walking. Um, where it's such a hard business; margins are so small when you want to create something and you want to put something out that moves people and and but you also have to keep the lights on um so it's hard walking that do i do what's safe or do i create something that's going to fucking knock people on their socks you know yeah um and the, the, sound, the soundtrack i have I've written down um I, I absolutely love it too um and it's so good. Yeah. So yeah. Good. yeah yeah all right
3: a- that all, yeah, yeah. That's
4: my biggest no takeaways.
3: Cool. All right, Mulligan moment. If you had to do it all over again, would you make the same choices? All right, so for me, I wrote down if I could change one thing about this film, Scarlett Johansson's Molly abruptly exits this film without any notice, even though it appears she's being set up as his new fling or maybe even an existing fling. Regardless, I could have used one more scene with her to uh, balance whatever the relationship is out or at least make it more obvious either way, uh, with like, uh, establishing what they are. Um, and even this mulligan for me is a reach because I think this film is goddamn perfect it really it's, it's the closest thing to perfect as a perfect film can get honestly and i'm not just saying that i know i've said that all recently about <laughs> a bunch of films on here i mean i can't help that we're talking about fucking great films but this is like almost a flawless movie really and i i, I really mean that about this you know it's re- it's really hard for me to come up with the answer that i did it took me a little while a lot of going back and forth Um, I'm going to turn the tables to you, even if it's okay, if you don't have one, uh, but whatever you have, let me hear it. Mulligan moment for you. Yeah, I I don't, I don't really have one. The one thing I would change, and
4: and this is kind of me just wanting to put something in because I know I didn't have one for the last one. I I, I mean, so I'm kind of forcing this in. I I wouldn't, um, wouldn't have cast Robert Downey Jr. Maybe, um. In that part, I don't know. I just felt like he came through like a tornado. Um,
3: yeah, and I can see where he came I from, too, because him and Favreau
4: working together on Iron Man. Yeah, they, they have that that history, but um, I don't know. He seemed a little out of place to me, but uh, I, I don't know. Again, I'm just <laughs> reaching for something here. Oh, um, God, it's only a five-minute scene. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Um, All right. What? One thing I did mean to say, I'm sorry. From the takeaways, uh, no, you're good. I forgot I wanted to incorporate. Is uh, I think one thing um, this movie illustrated that is what another thing I love about the restaurant business is as many uh, problems as it can cause in in someone's life. That uh, I think is the ultimate democracy. Opening a restaurant is the ultimate democracy, and people vote with their dollars. um, And you know right away whether you've done it or you haven't done it um, and I think it kind of it kind of portrayed that well um, I've, I've always thought that like you you know you know by the dollars and cents you know if, if what you're doing is good or not and um, you know I've always liked that about
3: this business so very good yeah. alright so finger licking good
4: finger licking good
3: me i mentioned it already while we were talking about the plot it's that austin scene or the build-up towards it with that that sexual healing uh jazz eight or um hot eight brass band jazz rendition going on i love it um just that song guiding the scene the three of them singing the song in the car in the truck uh that little shot of percy as you know the other two are singing it and he's just sitting there looking like What's this song about? Oh, because he's a boy becoming a man. <laughs> yeah, he's on a trip with these two men. And it's like this is also kind of a a little side story about a boy becoming, you know, a man on this trip. Because um, we kind of see him growing up and, and and taking things in and learning from his father. Um, but this scene's just so goddamn good. It's it's really good on in, in a film full of numerous outstanding scenes i i think this is one that harkens back the most to me when i think about the movie looking back um i always had this song stuck on my head and i think about this moment with all them just joking around in the truck heading to austin to get their briskets and uh just enjoying life the same way i would be if i was on a road trip with uh, my friends and family so how about yeah, you paul fun. well I'm, I'm somewhat hesitant to mention balls uh, in
4: a section called finger licking good. But, um, uh, I, I really love the, uh, <laughs> the corn starts on the ball scene. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's good. because it's the ultimate, like kind of wink nod to, you know, people in the, in the industry. Um, right, I thought right. that it's very clever and it, it kind of, anyone who's been there just smiles and they're like, yeah, uh, yeah, good, good pool there. Good pool. Yeah. Right.
3: Right. Yeah. No, um, So, final thoughts. I say we uh, tie a bow on it and put her to bed. Overall, let's wrap this up with a bow on top. Um, Really, what more can I say about this film that hasn't already been said throughout this episode? Uh, This film is truly a um, special film that happened that I'm glad that did uh, because it's, it's a film that I've watched probably a dozen times and i'm not exaggerating that number at all at least 12 times i've watched this give or take and um i I already foresee another dozen viewings in my future just for all the right reasons uh we've we've mentioned the film being a feel-good movie we've mentioned the film just being overall just well balanced and, and and acted so greatly uh the writing you know, it's it's great, the soundtrack's amazing. And I just I can't recommend this film enough to to anyone. Um, hopefully uh, the, the majority of the listeners of this episode have seen the film at least, so that you know I'd hate for listeners to be listening with us spoiling the whole movie basically <laughs> had not seen it. Um, but in the rare case you hadn't stop, go watch it and call me in the morning but no it, it it i i can't recommend it enough i really can't and and it's just there's just so much going for this movie um we, we threw the word out there in the beginning of the podcast underrated um i kind of just wish this kind of got more acknowledgement you know what i mean like more people sought this film out or knew about it like my co-host sean he hasn't finished this damn movie, and if it weren't for me pushing it on him, I guarantee you, he oh, no never shit. watched it. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's 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 the closest thing to a perfect film as a perfect film is going to get. Um, just uh, there's just so much writing on this movie, and yeah, go check it out. Going to most guarantee you without having to check it or to look it up. It's on Netflix, and uh, yeah, you'll have fun. I promise. How about you?
4: Yeah. Man, I love, um, I love the culture in this,
3: in this movie. Um, yes. yes. It, it's, it's, you know,
4: what's more uh, deeply embedded in, in culture than, than food and music, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I love how they, they stop by, you know, the Miami, the New Orleans, Austin, California, and they incorporate all that into it. Um, it's such a good job at it. Like you said, it's just, feel-good movie and it was you know i would think it was somewhat of a risk to do uh you know a movie about a food truck it's hard to have a successful movie i'm surprised it made money you know i i love the movie great movie but that's not usually something that the american public is is going to consume you know yeah uh, i'm
3: kind of surprised this film got greenlit with an 11 million dollar budget kind of yeah and and so. you know i think maybe that's where the the robert downey
4: jr uh really really scarlet joe really helped out um that casting you know was yeah was, yeah you know, he, he's got friends <laughs> john favreau has oh yeah in oh, Hollywood yeah. And, um, yeah they came through for him in this one so
3: you uh you direct a couple Iron Man films and uh the whole cast comes hearkening back to you.
4: Oh, and you so. got that Disney money now, and you got that you know, oh, oh yeah Disney <laughs> shit. That can open some doors. So <laughs> right, right, right.
3: Yeah. Oh shit. All right then. Well, gang, this episode is sponsored by Twitter because every display of amateurism leads to situations like taking cross crap cross-country trips in a food truck with friends and family all that being said this film definitely gets the film effect sale of approval and that will bring things home for this edition of the show one down many 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 more to follow if you enjoyed this episode and want to continue to support the show then please do so by leaving a five-star rating and positive review on apple podcast or wherever accessible. It helps with the algorithm and helps us grow so more people can check us out. And while you're at it, check out our website at podpage.com where you'll find our ever-growing collection of previous episodes and buy some merch from tpublic.com/slash user slash film effect podcast. New Halloween horrorthon design coming next week. Uh, this Wednesday features a different kind of episode for us, a movie that. Well, one of us likes another one that not so much Going to be talking about a comedy on this, uh, show. We're going to be talking about super bad on Wednesday, a film that as many times as I've given this a chance, as many chances as I've given it, I don't get what the love and the hype is about this movie. I don't, I don't get why everyone thinks it's the funniest movie. And, and. I think super bad is
4: overrated too. I mean, it's, it's, it's it's okay it's good yeah it's not a classic in my eyes either
3: yeah i just i just want to kind of talk about it and watch it one more time through a different <laughs> you know set of glasses and per, from a different perspective and try to at least understand the the, the love that this film gets cuz i watch this movie every time i try to watch it cuz every time i try and watch it i'm like maybe i'll like it this time but i end up not and I don't know, but we're going to talk about, we're going to talk, we're going to talk all about it. Trust me. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, other than that, we also have Rob zombies Halloween's coming up and we also have our war for the planet of the apes that has been delayed numerous times. It's finally coming next week along with last action hero, which is also our 50th episode of the podcast. Um, and right before the Halloween marathon starts, too. So, other than that, um, guys, check us out on Facebook and Instagram, both at the handle uh, the Film Effect Podcast. We are on Twitter at Film Effect Pod. And if you are a fan of emails, we are, can be reached at the Film Effect Podcast at gmo.com. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to thank my guest this week, Paul. Paul, thank you so much for doing this um, for just you having an insight on what this film's, you know, focus is like, it, it was a good getting that perspective, you know, on, on the show and just, t- just talk to someone else. Who's a fellow fan of this movie in general, just, it just was great to do that for a couple of hours. And uh, I really can't thank you enough for doing it. And um, I really, you know, I'm already looking forward to the next episode we're doing uh whenever that may be but, oh yeah uh, man
4: i, I yeah, had a lot of fun and so glad to, to, to do this one man this is uh yeah one of those movies that uh you know i love talking about and um yeah like you said not enough people have seen it so uh, i'm glad i can uh talk to you about it man it's always good times
3: yeah definitely um so yeah uh, until next time this has been another edition of the film effect podcast For myself and Paul here, stay safe out there, enjoy the rest of the day, and until next time, it has been fun, but now it is done. Alright, guys, take care.
0: You see this Percy that's a chef's knife a real chef's knife it's not a toy you understand this thing's sharp it could send you to the hospital if you're not careful I'm gonna teach you how to use this thing but a chef's knife it belongs to the chef not to the kitchen so it's your responsibility to keep it sharp clean not to lose it could you handle that yes this is a good knife lasts you a long time if you take care of it Don't lose it.
2: I won't. Thank you.
0: You earned it.